Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen T. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meets at stayclassymeets.com where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WideMenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter, at Wide Jump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. What's up? What's up? It's July 1st. It's Bobby Bonilla Day, everybody. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day out there to everyone, and I guess including the Mets organization, Tim. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day to you, and uh, we also have to throw in there that joining us, as always, from the Great White North, from the Great White North, as always, the man, the myth, the Canadian legend, and ladies and gentlemen, Canada Day. Oh, yes, it is. Happy Canada Day, Tim Dombrova. Yeah, Nathan, I'm just totally smashed on maple syrup, dude. <laughs> maple syrup and poutine running oh, through your man. veins. Alcoholic maple syrup. <laughs> now man, that's an like idea. Pa- man, do I like pancakes, let me tell you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a Anyhow, great idea. 153 years of awesomeness up here north of the border. Uh, yeah. I'm a patriot, Nate. That, he- that great health care system and all the would wonderful believe, stuff you guys have. Would you believe I woke up this morning and made the mistake of turning on Twitter and saw that some bunch of morons were trying to cancel Canada Day? And I'm just like, people, just, just, everybody, Listen, just calm down. Canada's like, wait, like, I'm an American. I was, I've lived in America my whole life. I've only been out of the country a handful of times. America is not as cool as Canada. I'm sorry, we're not. You know did, what? Did uh, America Ru- produce? Did America produce Rush? No. Did America oh, produce the Hart family? No. So that's two strikes against Canada. What's the third one? That's no. That's that's winners right there, my friend. You know what? Uh, winners. Robin, what Robin Williams said about Canada, Nate? We are the nice apartment built over top of a meth lab. It, you know what? He's right. He's right. I don't know. We, you know, Canada's not perfect by a long shot. We still got some problems too, but uh, we're working on them. Uh, head uh, onwards and upwards. <laughs> we're not. 
<laughs> you guys can't even agree on what the problem is. We, we're 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 at least in agreement on that. Now, how to fix yeah. it is another question. But but yeah, one hundred and fifty-three. Uh, I believe uh, I heard a rumor that uh, Canada went to high school with your sister. <laughs> oh, she'll love that. <laughs> well, you wait till later, because uh, she might have been traded, mate. Okay, Canada is the redheaded stepchild up north, but man, sometimes they're all right. I tell you, yeah, and that's okay. You know, I, poutine, I like Canada. baby. Poutine. poutine. Anybody that comes out chip, with poutine, chips, okay baby. with me. Anybody that's comes out chip. with poutine is okay with me, as far as I'm concerned. Well, let's, uh, all right. let's get on to the sports. All right. Well, apparently it's Canada Day, and uh, you had a couple things you wanted to bring up, though, uh, here on Canada Day. Oh, I was going to that. I thought, oh, all right. Well, uh, you know. Let's just uh, go to that. Let's go to okay, that. Okay. Well, uh, you know, okay, Canada, we're 153 years old today. You know, as you well know, Nate, I'm a proud Canadian and a patriot also. Yes, yes. Um, do you ever wonder, uh, you know, when you buy a cell phone or uh, sign up for any kind of social media, there's always that little thing, you know, read the terms and agree, agree to the terms and conditions of use and all yes. that stuff. And you just, yeah. And you just, and you just click it. Yeah. You, know, you just scroll of, down and click agree. You never read all that crap. They okay, could like take well, your first, uh, they could take your firstborn child and you'd never know it. Right now. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to have to break it to people now. I've been authorized by the uh, Canadian government uh, in conjunction with the uh, state department of your fine country. Uh, to announce that uh, you have, in fact, uh, actually given up your uh, rights to citizenship when you click that box and have uh, made yourself available for uh, trade between the two countries. God, please it, trade me. Now, this is sort of like, you know, the, <laughs> please. It, you know I guess it, I guess it's kind of Hunger Games-ish a little bit without the death. Um, so uh, I'm going to announce some trades here that have been made, uh, some pending ones, and uh, I believe uh, I don't think they've got a hold of you yet because your government's so ass backwards. But uh, you have been uh, off. You've been authorized to uh, take up the American position. So uh, we're going to get into this right now because this is important stuff. So uh, three trades Can't that wait. America three trades that America offered Canada that we will not accept. Uh, there's just no, there's no way we will not trade New Jersey for New Brunswick. Won't happen. Oh, damn. Uh, and the the Knicks for the Raptors is also not going to happen. Sorry. Damn, another one. And uh, we refuse to uh, trade uh, the uh, television rights of Ed Whalen for Bruce Pobans. We won't do that either. <laughs> well, wow. I guess no. that one I can't understand why you wouldn't accept, but uh, I understand. Ed Whalen, no. he's a real winner. Correct. Now, going forward. What we will accept that you have offered us, mm. we will tra- we will trade Katie Lang for Debbie Boone. <laughs> God, what a monstrous now, trade! Now the thinking. Wait there a minute! Wait a minute! Yeah. Wait a minute! You mean this is now an American tune now here on on our soil?
on to chat. Well, no, the song is, uh, the director's still Canadian. He just owned the singer now. But uh, Damn. the reason, the, the reason Damn. that, that, that trade was offered and accepted is that uh, Katie Lang has been, uh, it's been rumored that she's been cited in Oregon going by the name of Desmond, and she's posing as a lumberjack. So we figured that trade should be made. <laughs> that's kind of a kind of a win-win. Oh boy! Oh boy! All right, so, so that's one. Now this is a biggie, Nathan. You got to pay attention to this one. This one's pretty big. Um, we accept the trade of uh, President Trump for Prime Minister Trudeau. Oh, however, yes. However, we're going to need a first rounder in there. Take it, and we're gonna and we're gonna demand fifty Chick Fil A franchises. Ooh, that's uh, that's they can the be from anywhere. They can be from well, anywhere. No, Chick Fil A. No, no, no. We just want fifty in our country. That's all. Oh, so okay, fair. So that's fair. that's the deal there. We figure we're gonna come up on top there because Trump's pretty old, so he's gonna die. He's gonna be stuck with Trudeau for another forty years. So I'm willing to take that chance. All right, so you're so you're on board on that one. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a yeah yeah yeah. We we accept. Okay, what about this baby? Uh, we agree in principle to trade uh, Josh Brown for Justin Bieber. Mm. Oh man, however, that's a rough one. I don't know about that. However, Josh Brown is going to have to learn metrics, and he's going to have to be willing to work at a Tim Hortons. Nah, you might as well cancel that. That's not going to happen. He's not learning metric. He probably can't, but anyway. Oh, no, he can. He just, it ain't happening. <laughs> All right. Um, now, this one is not really so much a trade, but a, a joint statement that uh, we're going to allow Steve New to build a law office on the border. And that way he can uh, sue dumbasses in both countries. I, I like that. You know, I, I like I think that. We, I think that's required. Now, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this one, Nate. This one hits a little close to home. Uh, we have agreed in principle to trade Jeff or Alex Trebek. Mm. Now, uh, but there's some conditions to this one. Jeff, uh, Jeff will get his own sports Jeopardy show on the CBC. But uh, America's also got to throw in a first rounder there, and I'm happy to announce that if they do, uh, we'll select in the first round uh, Cade Bush because he's going to help us out with our uh, oversupply of Cheetos. Nah, he can definitely help there. I'm going to have to decline that trade simply because of uh, Jeff's wide knowledge. We're going to have to, to save him here on the American side because Alex, unfortunately, we're going to lose Alex soon. Uh, well, and that's, a... that's too bad because we're going to have to retaliate then. Uh, we will no longer accept your trade uh, offer of uh, Tom Robinson for the holographic image of Leslie Nielsen. Damn! <laughs> Well, you know, you guys got greedy. You wanted us to pay for yeah. those bookie those bookie tabs, and we weren't really yeah. prepared to do that. Yeah. However, <sighs> we are willing to uh, re, uh, re- look at the trade. Uh, if you guys are uh, well, we're willing to take on the cleaning expenses for that coat. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're listening. And, and we're also willing to take that yellow vest uh, and uh, point it at the sun and you know, use it to uh, raise the temperature of Alaska by a, de- a degree or two. Hmm. I, th- I think I think we can make this happen. I think th- I think I think we got a good deal here. Now, of course, that is dependent upon an environmental assessment by the Maple Syrup Consortium. Well, of course. Well, I mean, I guess, well, it goes global, without saying. 
goddamn global warming. Wow. You know. All right. Well, we got a couple more. You know, I don't know. This isn't really going that well. Um, now, these are trades we have accepted. Uh, so there, you can't go back on these. It's too late. Okay. Uh, we we have accepted a trade for uh, your sister Angie for a fully okay. functioning for a fully functioning poutine palace. And that that you all, you know, boy, America wins that trade. But, well, hold on, but, hold on, because uh, we also would like to announce uh, now that that trade has been accepted that we've traded her to China for the rights to Hong Kong. Ah, how'd you get Hong Kong out of her? Well, the China, see, we get the Chinese food that we want. You guys get the poutine that you want, and the Chinese get a Chairman Mao lookalike. <laughs> oh, you better hope she don't listen to this. <laughs> Everybody's happy. Everybody's uh, happy. Well, she can wear that coat without fear of retaliation over in China. I guess. Uh, no? Okay, well, two, two, three to go. <laughs> Three to go. Okay. Uh, okay. We're also we're also proud to announce we've acquired the rights to Armando Martinez and Scott Roberts. For, no, uh, no tri- way. Uh, hold on, hold on. You get the Toronto Blue Jays and Celine Dion in the deal. Ooh. Okay, we'll take that deal. Okay. So you take that trade. All right. Well, you did. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, now, it doesn't matter. Gonna, but I think you're going to like this one. Uh, now, to to uh, fulfill our need for. Uh, pharmacists and uh somebody to haul tooks we've acquired uh, nick and danielle hoff <laughs> oh no uh, but what we've given up uh, it, it was costly it uh, has to be we will now be supplying the uh, entire state of west virginia with all dress chips ah hell yes i'm in we are, we we're that's a herder but uh we need them tooks moved so we i understand on, we don't have a choice on that one but now the biggie mm-hmm. nate the absolute biggie. Yes. Canada, we are proud to announce that we have acquired Ed and Whitney Boggess and Little Boggess. Oh, my goodness. Again, it was costly. It's cost us. Well, it had to be. Nova. It's cost us the province of Nova Scotia, mate. <laughs> wow. The entire so we province, got Nova Scotia you know, now? You, you guys have got Nova Scotia, so you got another state. Uh, of course, uh, the uh, government really we want to put uh, Ed in charge of our over over forty beer leagues. I understand. And uh, he'll be uh, for the be running the federal government's uh, fantasy lacrosse league. So that's good. I'm excited to see. And you, but now you guys have the exclusive cooking rights of Whitney Bogus, and that's a big that's a big move. It is, but we're we're I think we're willing probably to strike some kind of a deal there where uh, you know maybe we send you Whitney once every week or two and she cooks up a storm for everyone. Well, and, you uh, Canadians, you guys are you and, guys and are always terms, giving. We're about sharing up here, Nate. You know we we don't want too much, but we're we're pretty firm on that uh, that our uh, first pick in the two year old draft is going to be Kay Bush. So we just want to make well, that. Well, we're going to see how the lottery goes. You well, know, we've already. With, we, we you know, with Cade man. comes his father, right? Well, you see, well, we're working on that because we're going to need Pam Bush for the re-education of Americans. Well, so that's very we're going to we're going to sign her up to a ten-year deal. Uh, Cade, we're going to offer him the uh, rookie maximum, of course, up front, <laughs> and uh, some some type of uh, Cheeto bonus. And uh, I believe, if rumor has it, he will have his pick of ceiling fans made. Wow. Can't match that. You really can't. 
Well, when oh. Canada wants something, we get it. Well, you guys oh, are making moves, oh. making moves, making million-dollar moves. And one other thing you can have, Frank. Because eh. nobody else. <laughs> eh. Eh. Yeah. I mean, if we have yeah. to, I guess. I mean, Frank is a, gonna be... he's kind of he's kind of like herpes, you know. He goes away for a while. Yeah. We get Frank though. At least we get we get Frank. We're gonna send him to Georgia, and uh, he's gonna come back with a Southern accent and just talk mad crap about Canada. So (laughs) I think he's he's gonna be Cecil, in other words. Well, to to an extent, I think he might change his name to Silas, and he's gonna be uh, Silas from Savannah. So that's that's what we're we're looking for. Awesome. See, we we did. Hey, y'all! It's Silas from Savannah, Savannah, GA. Uh, Just wanted to come on and. You know, side few words. We had a couple other things kicked around, but we really couldn't get. They were kind of non-starters. We couldn't really it's get much done. It's a little warm out here. Or... It's hotter than two dogs fucking out on the prairie, man. If you know what I mean. But uh, uh, you we, know, we got prairie too, <laughs> and dogs. <laughs> Girls is a grand prairie. Oh, but neither way. <laughs> either <laughs> way. Happy... Too, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you do. Happy Canada yeah. Day, everybody. One more time. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Before we go ahead, just one more thing. Absolutely. Sorry, not making this up. Okay. Queen was Queen was going to be on tonight, but couldn't. Ah. Ah. Now this is the true story, though. I'm not making this part up. Queen is quite distressed because uh, due to the COVID, all the uh, bathrooms are closed in the parks in England, Mm -hmm. and people have been urinating and defecating all over the Queen's lawn. Can you imagine what kind My of goodness. A pig, what kind of a pig you have to be to know that you're at the queen's house and you take a dump on her front lawn? <laughs> I guess I guess they say, ah, she's got somebody that'll clean that up. Yeah, I mean, it's not like she's cleaning it up. This is just ninety year old lady out there with a pooper scooper. Look like a yeah, pooper scooper. Scraping. <laughs> <laughs> This is the worst that I've ever seen this lawn. (laughs) Who's left all these statues of Charles on my yard? (laughs) Speaking of him, speaking of him, a little side note. Have you seen his fingers, Prince Charles? Chuck? Chuck? Do I Chuck got messed up fingers? Oh, dude, hold on. I'm going to send this to you. I can't believe you haven't seen this. This is is 100% legit. If you're at home out there, Google Prince Charles's fingers, and, and you're going to be – it's weird looking. Hold on. Let me find it okay. here. I am so... I, this is the first time I ever saw this dude's fingers was the other day, and they are the strangest looking fingers and hands I've ever seen. Here. I'm sending it to I you am... on Facebook right now, so check I this am, out. like – Waiting to see this. Or these are just going to be regular Canadian fingers. Is his? Are his fingers going to be like British teeth? No, they look like Vienna sausages, man. Here, t- check it out. Look how weird, man. They look so. Leave fake. it to you to to make him. Look at his fingers. Well, they are very uh, kind of unusual. <laughs> well, it's kind of <laughs> odd that they're like the same size from the third knuckle to the first. One yeah, that's what I mean. They look like it's like you know how your fingers are kind of fat at the bottom and they get skinny at the top. His don't. I don't know how that pinky ring is on there. I have no clue. 
Well, you know the story about why him and Princess Diana got divorced, right? Why? Because she thought every ruler had 12 inches. (laughs) Oh, man. Hold on. Hold on. It's coming. Hold on. It's coming. Let me get soundboard, soundboard, soundboard. Here it is. Light beer. All right. Don't forget either now if you play that KD Lang song that's costing us a buck US now. So, ah oh, man, prices. <laughs> but no, 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 wait. You all still have. You all still own the song. All right. Yeah. Well, no. She. Yeah. She'll get a bigger cut for her songwriting credit. But then. Yes. Uh, but we still pay the same amount. But nevertheless, maybe somebody, uh, maybe somebody will hunt her down and execute her. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Did, Oh God! Did I? I made that a clip. Did I ever upload it? I don't remember if I uploaded it. Oh man, this sucks! I didn't do it. Oh, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Oh, I'm letting us down. Letting us down here on Watch Me Catch Up. Remember, the viewership just went from like twelve to three, just like that. Yeah, yeah. Anybody still tuning in going, isn't this a damn sports show? Trust me, we promise. There's oh, you wait. We're, bring, we're bringing the heat in a minute or two in the sports. You wait. Oh, definitely. Uh, we will definitely have plenty, plenty to discuss. Um, but, yeah, so today's also, and, and we're going to tell, it's almost like a, a Christmas tradition. Um, you know how Christmas time, you always tell the same kind of stories, mostly, uh you know, we, we talk about, you know, the night before Christmas, somebody always reads that. And, you know, every year, I think on July 1st or around July 1st, we, we need to every year retell the story of Bobby Bonilla and the greatest deal ever okay, made. Okay, hold on. You know, is it Bobby Bonilla or Bobby Bonilla? Uh, actually, I think it is Bonilla, but again, I, I, I wondered because it wasn't. Well, I'm not of uh, that heritage, so I, I can't say for sure that anybody's saying it right. It could be Butch. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Know. And? Hold on, we got to find him and execute him. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, those were the uh, words of the world's most dangerous man. <laughs> and the world's most dangerous coat. But... We we will tell we'll tell the story and talk a little bit about Bobby Benilla Benilla whatever you want to say uh, here later on in the show. But we're sponsor and we'll come back and uh, we'll have plenty to talk about. So we'll be back right after this. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accident, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again, get your free consultation at 
203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meat that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay Classy Meats is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. Again, thanks to our great sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New, the best lawyer ever. I don't care what you say, Johnny Cochran, who? Stephen P. New, the motherfuckers, that's right. And then... Grover. <laughs> Grover is not over, ladies and gentlemen. Brandon. And stay classy, Meats. It's the 4th of July weekend. You can't go out and, and live it up like you used to, or at least you shouldn't. But, uh, you know, Stay Classy Meats is still your hookup for the best meat products around. So check them out, stayclassymeats.com. That's great. All right, so Tim, you and I had a chance the other day, and now everybody's like a half hour, guys. You've, you've dicked around, and, and now we're going to go uh, hey. full on sports here. This uh, is We free. got a lot. You, you can <laughs> wait. It was free. <laughs> you bastards are going to be telling those jokes around the water cooler tomorrow. Who are we kidding? If you're if there's even a water cooler left, uh, Philip Rossman Reich. It's empty. It is. He's our guy in Orlando, and and subsequently Orlando is where the NBA season is supposed to continue. This uh, upcoming season will is scheduled to begin July 30th or 31st, somewhere in that range. And Philip is down in that area, and he's got a scoop for us on everything that's going on. In Orlando, he's got he he's let us in on everything. That and that we had so many questions, and Phil was great. He explained everything with great detail, and we want you guys to hear this because this, to me, Tim, was the most complete talk that we've got to get from somebody that knows what's going on in that town and around what's going to happen with the NBA. It is, and I just want to throw out there before we go to this. Uh, I don't know if we asked him the question, but we did talk about, well, I don't, don't want to give anything away, but it came out today that the bubble has cost the NBA $150 bucks. Yeah, I saw like, that as well. So they weren't cheap on what they did here, people. So, But let's get into the no. details. Yeah, so we're going to get into the details. We'll be back on the other side of this, but here's a full rundown with our man, Philip Rossman Wright. We'll see you on the other side. Well, back on the show with us once again is our man from down in Orlando. He covers the Orlando Magic for the Orlando Magic Daily. It's Philip Rossman Reich, and Phil, we wanted to get you back on here, not only because you're a member, you're the skinniest member of the Wide Men family, 
but you're also uh we also wanted to get you on to talk a little bit about what's going on down there now that the NBA has decided this is where we're going to do the playoffs and the finals. So, uh, how how you been? How's everything? I've been doing good. Everything's been going well on 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 my end at least. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, still still a lot of concern here in, in Central Florida as uh, as as we try and deal with with the latest uh, kind of I guess rise in, in the outbreak. Yeah, uh, we want to mention that uh, the virus the they wanted to continue their season and immediately headed there. Uh, it's been kind of numbers are climbing. Florida has really been a hotbed uh, as, along with Texas. And, and, of course, that gets political. We're not going to do that. We're just going to talk about, um, you know, we're going to talk about the facts and what we know. What is it like down there right now in central Florida, you know, with the NBA preparing to come in here in a few weeks or, or sooner rather than later? And what's the layout like here with COVID just for everyday citizens like yourself? Like, is there, is it mandatory to wear masks? Are, are more people wearing the masks than normal? Are people social distancing? Are they staying home? Is this more of a tourist problem? Uh, what's, what's going on down there? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's obviously not particularly clear. I mean, uh, you know, Orange County had done a really good job and, and it's, you know, even when cases were pretty high in Florida and in, in, in kind of the early wave, Orange County, it seemed like, did a really good job. You know, I felt like – I personally felt like Orange County government was, was very responsive. But as things started to open up, and yes, around Memorial Day and, and, you know, around the protests, although, you know, I was watching some of the protests, and there were certainly a lot of people wearing masks. Um, around Memorial Day, things did start to spike up a little bit, um, and, and certainly the numbers reflect that. We're seeing uh, – large increase in the number of cases and not just a large number, uh, a large increase in the number of cases because, you know, we're testing a lot more, um, but also a, a large increase in the rate of positivity of those tests. So it's not that just that they're testing a whole lot more, they're getting more positive tests within the tests that they're taking. So there's definitely a lot of concern. Um, last week, uh, the orange, the mayor of Orange County, uh, Jerry Demings, um, issued uh, an executive order requiring people to wear masks um, while they're out in the public. Um, I would say, you know, while there isn't really a way to enforce that, and, and, and I don't think it's been, you know, particularly enforced. Like, I mean, I've, I've, I've been wearing my mask, but I've been walking around downtown because that's where I work and live. You know, and I've seen people not wearing masks, and the police are just kind of standing there. And it's it's a little little weird, but, I mean, I guess that's, you know, I, I guess there's really no way to enforce it. It's more just a, like, hey, this is serious, so we're going we're gonna to tell everyone to do this. Um, you know, I would say masks wearing isn't as prevalent as it probably should be or needs to be. Um, and, and so it's, it's not particularly clear why we're seeing such a large, large, uh, you know, rise. Um, you know, the governor would say that it's a lot of young people who went out, you know, when things kind of eased up a little bit, let their guard down. And, and that's, and that certainly happened. The median age of new, of new positive tests has, has, in, has decreased. I think it's down into the, to the mid thirties. Um, and so, there's definitely a case of you know maybe some maybe people let their guard down a little bit and that's why we're seeing uh, such such a huge spike in the numbers. Um, you know I don't think it's a tourist issue. Most of the theme parks are still closed. Uh, Universal Universal Florida Universal Orlando is open, but they're you know requiring masks. They're doing temperature checks at the door. They're you know trying to require social distancing. Um, certainly anything opening up of that scale uh, scale and you know they're not at capacity by any means but anything opening up at that scale you know certainly increases the chance that the virus spreads so you know I, I think that's certainly a contributing factor here in Orange County as well but Disney remains closed although 
they are still planning to open in, in mid-July too. So it's, it, it's hard to put your finger on things. You know, they're hoping that they are starting to get this thing under control. I think the numbers are at least leveling off. They're not increasing by as much um, as they were, you know, maybe a week ago. Um, but it's, it's definitely concerning, um, you know, because, you know, once, once the tests, once the positives go up, that's when the hospitalizations go up and that's when things get really scary. Uh, do you think that maybe the the young people getting out and kind of saying, okay, we've got this whip, let's all go ahead and go back to the way things were, do you think maybe that, you know, clearly it's kind, it's a little naive, but at the same time maybe that was something that needed to happen to kind of wake everybody up to say, hey, this thing's not over, it's not done, we can't go back to the way things were. Uh, do you think maybe since that spike in Florida, especially in your area, do you think now that'll force people to be more cautious going forward and not just accept, okay, cases are down, so we're beating it, we can go back to normal. Now they'll kind of say, okay, cases are going down, they did last time, let's let's stay the course this time. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's that's going to be part of it. You know, I think I think you know, there I think nationwide there's been a little bit of a naivety of of how things have gone, and you know, you know, again, I I don't want to get into politics too much. You know, there there are certainly policy decisions that have to be made, and we can debate those, you know, robustly. But you know, I, I do think that you know the governor here in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis, you know, probably celebrated a little bit too much. You know, I think he was publicly, you know, very outspoken about trying to bring sports into Florida and, and trying to open things up, you know, to to sports. You know, as long as they kept things safe um, and kept you know safety protocols in place, I, I think that. I think that he was very publicly outspoken saying, you know, we, you know, we beat this thing, you know, you know, everyone said Florida was going to be really bad. You know, there was photos of, you know, people on the beaches right before everything shut down. Uh, and, and, you know, I think that that attitude didn't, you know, you know, leadership, whether we like to admit it or not, people follow leaders, you know, we elect leaders, you know, leadership trickles down, you know, that, that's probably the one thing that actually does trickle down if you allow me that political joke. Um, and, and so I think the attitude that, that the governor had, you know, as things were being successful, I think that contributed to letting our guard down a little bit, um, to, to be frank. And, you know, I hope that the mask order, you know, especially here, you know, here in Orange County, they, they issued a mask order. They just issued a mask order in Seminole County, which is um, a county nearby Orlando. Um, I, I believe Osceola County, which is, you know, dis, you know for, for our purposes here, Disney sort of straddles the line between Orange and Osceola County. Um, they've issued a mask order. You know, I would hope that local government government governments putting in those mask orders conveys the seriousness of what we're facing and so now people can so now people know oh we've got to take things a little bit more seriously so you know i apologize if that's a little bit too much of a political aside but you know that that is that is how i feel i mean leadership trickles down and so i think all that does matter no i mean whether we're, we're not picking sides here we're not saying you know you're not throwing stones i don't think you're just saying leadership needs to be leadership and i agree with that uh tim go ahead and uh Let's let's find well, out let's, some more about what Philip knows here. Well, okay. Well, let's let's take that last statement and let's push that into the NBA realm. Um, what do we know, if anything, about who's making the health calls on the NBA side of things, uh, as far as protocols, uh, what they're going to do for positives, um, and do we know anything about? I, I'm only I, I don't quite know how to ask it, but I know like because I'm up here in Canada. Hockey. Part of the discussion has been uh, owners' liability vis-a-vis contracts, signing bonuses, all this kind of thing. And I haven't really—I mean, maybe I missed it, but I haven't heard much about that as far as what the NBA has got going on. So, anything, you, any light you can shed on any of that? 
Yeah, so, I mean, the, the NBA has been working very closely with the NBPA, which is the, the NBA Players Association, uh, the union uh, of the players, really closely on, on all of this. I mean, I think what's, what's really stood out about the NBA's approach to trying to come back and play was really how involved, you know, Chris Paul, the president of the, Basketball, of the Players Association, uh, how involved, you know, union leadership was in trying to craft a plan to come back, you know, working kind of step step for step with them. And included in that, of course, is, is the safety protocols. And you know, I think the, the players were certainly very concerned about making sure, you know, it, you know, if we, if they do go into a bubble, how do we, you know, kind of seal that bubble? You know, how do we make sure players are safe? How, how do we make sure the virus isn't spreading? Because, you know, even though these are all young guys and, and, and I, again, this is part of, I think what we were talking about earlier, people letting the guard down, young people do tend to catch the virus and could be asymptomatic. They may not express any symptoms, uh, of the disease. They may not even know they have it. And, and that certainly could be the case with a lot of young guys. But as we're kind of seeing as well, you know, it just takes that one random person that it doesn't react well with that could cause some very serious problems. I mean, Rudy Gobert uh, said earlier this week that, you know, he is still not 100% healthy from contracting the disease in March. I mean, you know, he feels like he's healthy enough to play, like he, he can't spread the disease anymore. He doesn't have the disease anymore. But he said his sense of smell still hasn't returned and may not return for a full year after he contracted the virus. So it's, it's, you know, this is still a very, very serious disease. And I think the NBA has taken it very, very seriously. You know, they put in a series of protocols that players association and the league agreed to, to test players, to make sure that everyone is healthy and safe within the bubble. The people that are interacting with the players are, are healthy and safe. I mean, they're already testing players. I think every other day in preparation of going to the bubble and essentially the sense is, you know, as teams and players get to the bubble, they'll know who, who is positive, which teams might need to, you know, be quarantined a little bit longer or might need a little bit more time just to make sure everything is safe before they get back even to playing contact basketball. I mean, teams aren't even doing contact work yet. It's still individual work. No one's going to be able to do like a contact training camp until they get to the Disney campus. So, I mean, I think the NBA has put in, you know, a whole bunch of safety protocols. They've got doctors advising them. They've been very deliberate. You know, they, 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 you know, they, they could have been ready to come back sooner, but they're taking this extra time to make sure everyone that is entering the bubble uh, is negative for the virus so that they can, you know, kind of enter cleanly and, and hope, hope to stay that way. Uh, Tim, before you continue, I do want to say that uh, Rudy Gobert's loss of smell, if you ever have to do business on the New Jersey Turnpike, now would be the time, Mr. Gobert, for you to do that. All right, back. <laughs> what do you know about referees? Yeah, so the the NBA, the NBA uh, Referees Association, um, you know, they're, so their union uh, just said, announced, I think, yesterday that they had come to an agreement as well with the NBA to officiate these games too. So, I mean, the NBA has, has had to work with a whole bunch of different parties to make you know make sure safety protocols are in place to make sure everyone is kind of taken care of as far as even meals, meal prep, you know, just kind of every little detail that you can imagine. I mean, this has been, I, I think it's been a really complicated process because it just feels like every, you know, like, like just happened here. Every time you seem like you answer a question, two more pop up. And so you're just, you're constantly playing catch up. And again, it's, it, there are just still a whole lot of issues. And honestly, I think there's probably issues that they have not been able to anticipate that, they, that they'll find out when they get there. And so the NBA is going to have to be very nimble. They're going to have to be very um, flexible. They're going to have to, you know, be able to adapt to the situation as it happens. And, you know, frankly, you know, there might be, there might be a kill switch. There might be a point where, you know, things have gotten, you know, too, too far out of control or, or they can't control anymore. And they feel for the health and safety of the players, they've got to kill the season. I think that's definitely still on the table, but you know, the NBA seems to feel like their safety protocols for both the players now, now for the officials 
are in a good place. You know, the players and officials, again, agreed to that, too. It's, it's a collaborative effort to get this done, uh, and it seems like the NBA is all, all go to, to start start things up um, uh, starting next week when teams start arriving. Okay, I've got one more, and then I'll throw it back to Nate. Um, what do you know or what have you heard about how the uh, TV coverage is going to go? Um, we've, had a, we've had a lot of people ask us about, okay, you know, we're all well aware that when you watch a basketball game on TV, you can still hear squeaky shoes, that sort of thing, and what that would be like when there's no crowd noise. Um, well, I mean, and it is a valid question. Like, what do they plan on or, or what what are they going to try and what's the flexibility there? Because it, it seems to me after watching the uh, horse competition and what a abysmal failure that was uh i hope they're ready to try things and move on but i don't know so anything you can yeah, throw on that it's it's going to be interesting i mean i think you know at least for these early games broadcasters are going to be remote they're not going to be in the building um you know i, I don't think i don't think national bro- national tv broadcasters are set to arrive until after the first round of the playoffs if i'm not mistaken um, so it's it's going to be very different. The viewing experience is going to be very, very different. And I think the NBA understands that, and they're going to try and, and make up for it. But, it, you know, undoubtedly it's going to be a very different setting and scenario than, than anything that we've experienced. I mean, I'm sure they're taking cues and, and they're trying to study and learn from what other leagues are doing. Um, you know, if you watch uh, Bundesliga games or Premier League games on on other networks, uh, you know, European soccer, they're piping in fan noise um, in, in the uh, – in, in at least through the broadcast and and it's it's a little off-putting I, I won't lie I, you know I'm not sure I'm a complete <laughs> fan of it but it, it does you know when you're you know kind of using it as white noise it does feel normal and and, and it does feel a little bit natural and you know but uh, uh, unlike basketball soccer is a sport where you kind of can keep the same track for a little while and then something happens and you can hit a button and, and cause a crowd reaction right. that, that's pretty predict that's pretty predictable basketball I don't think it's anything like that. I mean, in fact, you know, one thing that I think could be very, very interesting, you know, something that maybe they could take a cue from the uh, NBA 2K league tournament with the N- or the NBA 2K tournament, which I agree, like both the horse and the NBA 2K, you know, were more exper- experimental. You know, I don't think they were produced particularly well. But one thing that I really enjoyed about the NBA 2K tournament was hearing the players talking trash and hearing the players kind of reacting. You know, I, I, I very much, you know, could relate to Pat- Patrick Beverly, who is very much like me when I'm playing 2K. Um, and so I think I think what we will see is I think we'll see the you know the NBA said they're going to try some different camera angles they're going to experiment a little bit with the broadcast I think we'll hear them you know bump up the on court mics a little bit so you can actually hear what players and coaches are saying so you get some of that white noise you know I was you know Steve Clifford did a Zoom conference today with media here in Orlando uh, and, and he said you know teams are going to have to find energy from their bench and you know if, if you've ever you know, some of my favorite basketball memories covering covering games is actually at the Orlando Summer League, which I think is what this is going to feel like in a lot of ways. The Orlando Summer League was close to the public. You know, only scouts, media, and coaches and, and other players were allowed in the building. And so you'd get a lot of, you know, benches really kind of providing the energy for the game and, and kind of keeping you into the into the game in a lot of ways. You'd hear you know, you'd hear coaches kind of, kind of talking trash from the bench too, a little bit. Um, you know, uh, you know, uh, I could, I could think of one coach in particular and, and there's some of the most entertaining stuff that, that I've ever heard. Um, so I, I think we'll get some of that. I think, I think viewers will get to kind of get peel back that layer a little bit uh, and hear what players are, are saying to each other and, and really what's happening on the court during games. And, you know, I think the NBA is going to experiment with it. You know, some things might work, some things might, might not. 
Um, but they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out, you know, hopefully by, by the time the playoffs come around, because I think that's, that's what they're really worried about in doing all this. Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting you mentioned the, the 2K tournament because uh, if you play 2K and it doesn't end in an argument or an apology, then I, I don't think you're playing it right. Uh, that's if, been if how I... If, if your controller comes out of a loss intact, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I uh, trust me. Been there, done that a few times. Um, let's, you know, you bring up an interesting point about how this could be like Summer League, and, you know, I hadn't thought about it, but you're exactly right. This is going to look a lot like Summer League with, um, with the big time players there, a lot of them. I know that um, summer league's kind of been getting a lot more attention over the past few years. But back, you know, six seven years ago, when you could watch summer league and you would see more people at a, you know, your local kids league game or your church league game, you would see more fans there for that than the summer league games. You know, it's going to look a lot like that. I n- I'd never made that comparison, so that's a that's a solid comparison there, I believe, and. Uh, a lot of people in the Shinston over 40 league are, are excited as well. And a uh, shout out to our boys, Ed Boggess and them. Um, let's talk about the facilities. What's, what are these facilities? Cause a lot of us, you know, we've seen pictures, you know, you've been there before you've covered it. What are these facilities like in terms of, and you, you hear Disney, you think top of the line, but what are these facilities going to kind of be and, and look like and feel like for us watching at home? You know, for, for a lot of players in the NBA, at least at this juncture, they've probably played in every single one of these gyms that, that the NBA is about to play in. I mean, honestly, the first event that I covered as a reporter, I mean, I was a high schooler, you know, working, you know, doing, doing in, a, in a program for the Orlando Sentinel, and they sent us to Wide World of Sports to go cover AAU basketball tournaments. And, you know, I, I can say, like, there is probably no other facility you know, out there that can, that can handle what the NBA is asking quite like this facility. And, and, and it's grown even since I, you know, was regularly there. Um, there's, a, there's a main arena there, um, the, 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 the field house uh, that they use to, for, for the big events. Um, you know, it's made for, t- it's made for TV. They, they play uh, a college basketball tournament there around Thanksgiving. Um, it's, it, it, it's a basketball court, and it can be converted into one TV, made-for-TV basketball court or it can have, like, three different basketball courts. Um, so, you know, this is a place that has the capacity to host multiple games at the same time. I don't, I, the NBA is not using it that way, but it, it, it has that capability. Then there's the arena, which is a second, secondary arena that I think they use mostly for, like, cheerleading competition, but they're going to convert that into a basketball court. And then there's actually a third arena that's available for use that I think they're going to be using uh, mainly for, pract- for practices uh, in, in between games or while teams are, are not playing. So, um, you know, this is, this is a facility, you know, and on top of all this, actually, Disney's not just hosting the NBA, you know, beginning in late July. MLS starts their comeback tournament next week, uh, and they'll be playing at the same facility because not only do they have, you know, these basketball courts and these basketball gyms, they have a, you know, like whole mess of soccer fields. They have a bunch of baseball fields. This is, this is a, a multi-purpose, multi-tournament facility. I mean, I, I think if you go to Disney, you know, in the summer around spring break or, you know, in those, in those peak times, you will inevitably find a youth tournament going on and possibly multiple youth tournaments going on. So this is a facility that knows how to handle multiple, you know, major kind of events, you know, maybe not TV events like these, but major events um, with a lot of, you know, with a lot of people kind of going in and out with teams shuffling in and out. This, this facility was designed specifically to host these events. And so, you know, as far as the NBA, they're, they're moving in, they're moving into a facility that is really kind of built for multiple games, 
same day in and you know teams moving in and out you know even without you know contacting or, or being near each other um this this is a facility that that really does have everything that i think the nba could need to to get their games done and, and get in and out what about media you bring up you know media covers this or is there going to be more – is media going to be – obviously the media can't go into the bubble, uh, at least I would think. I mean, maybe some can, some can't. But, you know, are you guys going to be able to Zoom conference or, or how are you or maybe some other media who uh, cover these teams, how, how are you going to be able to interact with the players and the coaches? Like what, what's their strategy there? So the 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 NBA as, as you know released to its media how it's how you can cover the events. There is actually a pack a, a tier level where you can move into the bubble. You're tested, you know, you're providing meals. It's like five hundred dollars a night, um, but you can. But there is there is a level of media, and there will be media that move into the bubble and stay in the bubble. You know, not with the players per se, but you know, around the players a little bit more, and they get a little bit more access and and a, and a little bit more uh, you know kind of time near near everyone in it. And, and everything else. There's also actually the ability for some media to attend games in person, um, but you know they'll be set up. You know, you know the, the way the way I, at least the field house is built is there's the lower section where the court is, and then there's a, like a mezzanine mezzanine area where you enter. You know, media is going to be kept above that mezzanine area, so you know they won't be anywhere near the players um, or 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 the participants uh, in the action or people that are in the bubble. So you know, people are still kept very separate, but otherwise. You know the teams are going to, you know, the NBA is going to make everyone available via Zoom after games. Um, you know they're they're going to set up kind of those those web conferences to to make sure that media can cover these games and cover cover their teams. Um, you know, like like I said, I, I don't believe any broadcasters are, are going to be in the bubble um, to at least to start. The national broadcasters will come in once the playoffs get started. Um, but you know they'll be you know they'll be calling games remotely too and and, and have all the access to that. So you know I think from a fan perspective. Um, it you know the the difference will be the, the aesthetics of the game, but I don't think there'll be much different. You know, fans won't be able to perceive much of a difference in how games are presented. Or, you know, so much. Um, but at the same time, you know, media certainly. You know, they're they're going to have to be socially distant. They're they're not going to have the same kind of access. They're obviously not going to be allowed in the locker rooms. Those days are probably done with with, with media being allowed in the locker room. Uh, but you know, they'll they'll be able to get in touch with the players and ask them ask them questions and cover games in in, in that way remotely. Tim, another question for Phil. Yeah, let's 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 push it over to the Orlando side of things here. Um, moving in, they're what in the eight hole, half a game back of Brooklyn, but they're going to get a big favor because Brooklyn's going to be down a couple of players. Um, what do you expect? Is this? I expect that Orlando, if they're going to going to have any kind of a impact, it's going to be their young guys. Uh, who do they want to play? Because they've had absolutely zero luck against uh, the top three in the Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston so far this year. Uh, who do you see them? I, I, I think they're going to get, end up at seven. So they're probably going to get Toronto more than likely. Um, what kind of matchups do you see there? Yeah, well, well, the answer to the question, who do they want to play, is not Milwaukee. Um, I, I think, I think it's, it's, it's relatively that simple. I mean, the Magic have struggled with these teams, obviously. Um, you know, they, they, they're 0-8, I believe, against Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto. They're actually, they're, they actually only have five wins this year against teams that have records better than 500. That is actually the fewest wins of any team entering the bubble. The 22 teams entering the bubble, the Magic have the fewest wins against winning, teams with winning records this season. So it's been a struggle for Orlando. I, I don't think that they're necessarily a team that can kind of pick and choose who they want to face. 
Um, you know, I, they're certainly not a team that you would expect to win a, a series, you know, if, if all things being equal, obviously, uh, you know, I think there's a lot up in the air right now. Nobody knows really how teams are going to play, how teams are going to look, at, you know, whether they'll be able to get back into rhythm quick enough to, to really make, make their mark. So it, it's, it's hard to sit, it's hard to predict a whole lot about what, what's going to, what's going to happen or what teams are going to look like. Um, it, you know, if you had to, you know, tell, you know, give me my choice of which team the magic might want to play, you know, I, I kind of lean toward Boston, um, you know, because Nikola Vucevic struggled so much against Toronto, and he struggled a lot against Toronto in, in the game, in the full game that he played this year against them. You know, Serge Ibaka and Marcus All both know how to be physical with him and kind of take him off the spot. The Magic, you know, when Jonathan Isaac is out, don't really have anyone that can defend Pascal Siakam. The Raptors guards are really, really smart. Um, you know, Orlando hasn't played them since since late November, but. I just don't think that that's a particularly good matchup. And while Boston has a lot of offensive weapons and Kemba Walker has always been a thorn in the Magic side, you know, I think the Magic have a little bit of an advantage. I think they can get Nikola Vucevic going just a little bit better against Daniel Dice and, and, and Ennis Cantor with the Celtics. And, and I think that kind of a matchup advantage um, is enough to give the Magic at least a puncher's chance. You know, I, I think most Magic fans would say the goal in the, in the playoffs this year is to get a game, maybe get to – you know, really just show a little bit of progress from last year, which which is is the goal uh, goal at this point, um, and and get ex- playoff experience for guys like Markel Fultz and, and Mobamba who didn't get that last year. So I I think the Magic are going into this, you know, trying to get the seven seed. That's ultimately the goal, and then from there see what they can do in the playoffs and, and have a competitive series. Um, do you think that there's a chance we're going to see a bit of a coming out party for Mr. Fultz? playing really I, I would, well before things went wrong. Yeah, I, I, I think I think Markel Fultz, you know, is, is key to anything that the Magic are trying trying to do. I mean, I think, you know, when the Magic really started to turn the corner right after the All-Star break and, and play better offensively, it was because Fultz was playing with so much more confidence. Um, you know, they, 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 they put a lot of confidence in him, but he rewarded them and, and, and really earned that, that spot where he was, you know, controlling the pace of the game a lot more and, and playing at, at, a fa- at a faster speed and, and really getting the magic, you know, moving into their offense much quicker than they had all year. I mean, he's a guy that just makes life easier for everyone around him. You know, even, if, even though he's not particularly a great shooter yet, doesn't space the floor, he's able to get into the paint and, and create passing angles where there, there really doesn't seem to be one. And so the Magic, I think, are going to rely very, very heavily on him um, and, and his growth. And, and certainly, I mean, I think one of the things the Magic should do is look to use these eight seeding games, look to use the playoffs as a, a chance to grow their young players and a chance to really empower them a little bit because, you know, I think most Magic fans kind of sense that there, there's there's got to be some changes made to this roster to take that next step. And, you know, the Magic view Fultz as a key player. So I think I think that they, that they all want to see him kind of take more control and, and really grow and blossom in, in, in these final 10-plus games the Magic has. Well... Let's bring up one more thing here, Philip, and we'll uh, we'll let you go here in a moment. Um, when it comes to the Magic, have you heard of any players that are saying, "No, I'm not coming. Just forget it. Write me off. Not going to be there." Is there anybody that's saying that? Is there anybody that might be hinting at it? And of the coronavirus testing, most of the Magic players haven't really heard a lot of their names. Are there any Magic guys that? Uh, maybe caught the virus and already recovered? Were there any guys who um, tested positive? What have you heard from inside the the Magic camp? Yeah, as, as, as far as we know, you know, no one's tested positive on the Magic. I mean, they, they, they appear to have come away clean. 
Um, they, they, they appeared to be, you know, all in good shape and, and ready to go. I mean, Coach, Coach Steve Clifford was on a Zoom conference today with the media, and he said, you know, he, everyone on the team is enthusiastic about going and playing in the bubble. They all, they all want to play. They all want to be – they all want to finish their season and, and see how far they can take this thing. I mean, I think, I think the Magic, as much as any team, feel like the season stopped right when it was getting good, right when it was getting to the point where they were comfortable and playing really, really well. I mean, it's, it's been an injury-filled season for the Magic. They've lost a lot of key guys to injury after not really having any injuries last year. And, and you know, the team really seemed to finally find, find a rhythm and hit its stride right when the season went on hiatus. And, and I think they know, and, and the Magic, I think, feel this way too, that they they were about to hit the soft part of their schedule, and they really felt like they were about to kind of take off a little bit and and really secure the seven seed. So I think I think a lot of players on the team feel like there's some unfinished business, and they they want to finish this thing out and really kind of push themselves and see see how far they can take this. I mean, I think even Steve Clifford said, you know, nobody really knows uh, what's going to happen, and and when we get into the bubble, it's probably going to be the most level playing field we've ever seen for a playoffs. Uh, you know, so. The Magic, I think, are entering this thing thinking, you know, not necessarily why not us, why not now, but then, but thinking, you know, let's see what happens. You know, why not? Why, why, why could, why couldn't we try and make something happen? And so I think, I think players are very, very eager to start playing. I mean, we all saw what Evan Fournier said when Davis Bertans announced he was going to sit out to protect himself in free agency. These guys are competitors. These guys are competitors, and competitors. And I don't mean to criticize Bertans because I think every player has to make their own decision, and I think we have to respect that decision. Um, all things considered here, but you know, it really feels like the magic are, are eager to get back together. They're the guys that really like each other. They like playing with each other. They want to, they want to get things going and they, they want to finish the season out strong. Do you think this being held in Orlando might give them a small advantage heading in, or do you feel like the home field advantage now is pretty much gone based on uh, the, every game being played in the same place? Um, you know, I don't think it's going to give them a ton of advantage. It might give them a – the only advantage I can think it might give them is, you know, once they're allowed to start practicing again, once training camp starts on July 9th, you know, there's not so much of an acclimation to, you know, whether it's the climate, whether it's the, you know, jet lag, you know, there's, there's none of that. I mean, they're, they're probably going to all, you know, park their cars at the Amway Center, load on a, load on a Disney bus and head to, head to Disney together on July 7th. So it's not like – they have to get on an airplane, fly a couple out, couple of hours, and then unfold themselves. But at the same time, you know, once you arrive at Disney, you're on, you know, kind of two days quarantine just, just, just to get those initial test results back and make sure everything is clean before you even start. So, you know, it, it, it might be a little advantage to say, oh, you know, they don't, you know, once they're allowed to start practicing, you know, they, they might have their legs under them more than, you know, a team that had to fly in. But, it, it, that's probably that's probably you know splitting hairs a little splitting hairs a little bit. Um, it, by the time they actually start playing games in July in, in late July on July 30th, um, the Magic start off on July 31st. Um, that advantage will probably be completely gone because you know fr- you know frankly every team's going to have two to three weeks to get themselves acclimated and used to life in the bubble before they actually start playing games. So it's it, it, whatever advantage they have, you know, it, it might be a leg up at training camp, but after, but by by the time games start, I think everyone will catch up. Well, Phil, we want to thank you again for always being available to come on the podcast and talk. And you've really been, uh, you brought a lot of information here that I think a lot of people wanted to know who maybe didn't know because there's a lot of stuff here I didn't know. And I've been trying to, trying to find out. And I think you've, uh, you gave us a really good education here on what's going down in Orlando and what we can expect and what it can look like. And we really appreciate you as always. You're here on our on the wide men can't jump, uh, podcast. And, uh, all we're going to let you plug your stuff here in a second. Uh, 
Tim, uh, you know, what do you think from from Phil? Do you, is there anything else you want to know before we let him go? I, I wanted to ask him just one quick one if he's got a favorite in the TBT at all. Yes, TBT. Oh, the TBT. Well, I mean, Overseas Elite went out and, 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 went, and went Kevin Durant, you know, after the 73 Warriors lost last, last year. So, I mean, it's, it's tough to pick against Overseas Elite after, after the talent that they brought in into their team. You're, seven you're not wrong. Joe Johnson, seven-time All-Star Joe Johnson probably should be playing in the bubble at this, at this point. Um, you know, I know he was, you know, he was the, the last cut for the Detroit Pistons this year. I think the Pistons are probably kicking themselves over that. Um, a little bit with how their season turned out, but um, not that Christian Wood's bad. Christian Wood's pretty good too. But um, but uh, yeah, no, the overseas elite they, they they just look completely loaded again this year. I, I'm sure if Carmen's crew comes up on their schedule, they have that circled and exclamation point and crossed out and and every you know that there's a hole in the paper they circled it so hard. Um, you know this this is this is a team that feels like it's out for revenge this year, and I I, I don't think they're gonna lose. <laughs> yeah, I, it, the smart money is on overseas elite. Uh, unfortunately, my guys in best Virginia had to get out, which sucks because I was really pulling hard for them. But, oh, well, smart money is on overseas elite. And, uh, well, Philip, thank you so much, as always, for jumping on. And uh, we'll have to get you back on here soon. And, uh, if anything, we need to talk some wrestling again soon. We we haven't really got to talk wrestling lately. So, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to that because you're down there in the middle of that too, aren't you? Yes, we are, and it's 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 just as the NBA seems to be at times. Yeah, you're not wrong, but Phil, thank you so much for jumping on, and uh, we'll see you again real real soon. We'll be in touch. And go no ahead problem. and uh, go ahead and plug yeah, go ahead and plug sure. your pl- plug your stuff, please. For sure, yes. If you're looking for more on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. dot com. You can follow me on Twitter there at omagicdaily. You can follow me personally on Twitter at philip r r underscore omd. That's philip with one l r r underscore omd. And if you enjoy the sound of my voice, you can check out Locked On Magic, my my daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. We're not quite daily yet, but we'll be ramping back up the daily here once the once the season resumes. All right. Thanks again, Philip. We'll see you soon. No problem. Thanks, guys. No problem. Yeah, have a good one. Yeah, you too. And that was our conversation. The man that broke it all down, Philip Rossman Reich, and that should give us a great layout and idea of where we're going to be come this time next month as the NBA gets going. Tim, Phil brings it every single time i don't know that there's much you can say about phil except uh, there's a guy who's on top of what he's doing <laughs> i mean that you're not wrong <laughs> cut can we go back and edit that no <laughs> speaking of speaking of a guy that's on top of things that's not what we're going to talk about with our next guy uh, I found we've been kind of going through the back history of the wide men show here. Wide men can't jump. And, you know, with no sports going on, it's been a pretty fun time to go back and listen and, and, and to hear some stories and to hear some old things. You know, we heard uh, mine and TR's old interview with uh, Ron Fuller Welch, which I thought was, you know, excellent. And a lot of people, well, we got this ditty out of it a couple weeks ago. Well, and we got to find him and execute him. The, top, the the famous quote from the 76ers, uh, the trivia contest that we got. I've got so many more interviews and so wasn't many that, other uh, segments. Go ahead. Wasn't that, wasn't that part of Tom's uh, interview with uh, Henry Kissinger? 
<laughs> Possibly. He's <laughs> from the Middle East. <laughs> that was his job interview. That's why he couldn't get a job for a while. He always used what, that quote. Is, is, give us an inspirational well, uh, quote. Okay. Are, are you ready? You ready? Nathan, are yeah. you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, Tom, now, uh, Tom, if you had to handle that situation, what would you do? Well, then we got to find him and execute him. <laughs> You're having way too yeah. much fun with this. That's pretty funny. You're Especially welcome. Especially when, when you take it out of context, it's even funny. Exactly. But I went back into the old LaughCast days, uh, and that's where I've been finding a lot of stuff. I've got more stuff I want to put up, and I've got more stuff that I have put up and, and saved for kind of a rainy day and, and things like that, just in case we need it. And, uh, and, of course, if the viewers want to hear some more back catalog stuff, I'm going to leave that up to um, to them, of course. If you, you want to hear, <laughs> so, so AKA, what hey, hey, Ed, what do you want to hear, Bogus? Uh, but, no, like. I think they're funny to go back and listen to them because you forget so much. You know, we're almost 140 episodes into Wide Men Can't Jump now, which is insane to me. But nevertheless, um, I found this little four-minute story here, and uh, it's uh, it was one that I'd forgotten. It's worth listening to here, I think. This is a uh, a story set up here. It's about T.R., being at Denny's at three o'clock in the morning. This is a very old episode here. This is back in the LaughCast studio days. Tim, what do you say? It's about four minutes long. What do you say we take a listen, shall we? Let's play it because I don't remember it. All right, here we go. About halftime of the Eagles game, it was the second worst pain I've ever had. I cut my left pinky. The the um, the top don't move very well because I got in a fight in Denny's in Clifton Heights. And I know Jeff can relate to that kind of dumb shit because Jeff's still <laughs> in the age range. And the Denny, it was a Tuesday night with my ex. My ex and I were fighting, right, Jeff? And we're, you know, audible fighting because I, I don't even know what I did, you know. But <laughs> you're always on the, you're always the asshole. So she's, and I'm like, you know, pe- women can push your buttons. More than any humans, you know, like any dude can just punch you in the face or call you anything and it's, it's fine. But women get deep under your skin, like shit that you, you know, they, they're in your mind more than you are. They know what you hate about yourself and they pick it apart. You know, if they're the wrong choice, I guess, or whatever, which turned out to be, but I got a great daughter out of it. Anyhow, um, so I, I, I want to be a little more human this this edition of Wide Men Can't Jump. So uh, these guys at Denny's were were sitting there. It was two guys and a girl, and they were across. And it's like 3 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday, and they're kind of making fun of us, and I'm already heated to the gills, and I would never hit a woman, but she made me want to hit anything. So <laughs> instead of a wall or headbutting myself or whatever, I say, take it to – I don't remember my quote, but I, it was take it easy, but some profanity in there. And I remember this dude, like, saying, all right, we're cool. And then they said something amongst themselves again, like cocky. So I was just like, you know, you shut up. And then I just went over to the table, and I said, you guys got a problem? And they bitched out. And I turned around, walked back, and they said something again. And I'm in the Jeff Simmons and the Nate Bush 20s. 
testosterone filled, <laughs> as Travis Tritt would say, ten foot tall and bulletproof. <laughs> I just jumped over the one guy that was talking. I jumped and started pounding him in the in the table, pounding and pounding, and pounding. It was like you remember that song. It's like yeah. They had the the eighteen twelve overture. They had them big. They had them big ass Denny's glasses on the table. There was three of them. So the other dude's going on my head, on my head, trying to get me off him. Then I hit him, but he. I juiced, I got color, Nate, and uh, the front, oh, the God. back of my head are bleeding, and I chased him out of the Denny's, and then my old lady don't, like, break it up, because she's mad at me, she's, like, enjoying it in a perverse way, and all of a sudden, <laughs> exactly, thank you, exactly, so, uh, the, the, you know, the, I ran them off the Denny's, like, a, like I, I really, when I went in the bathroom, I felt like I popped, because I look in the mirror, and I saw... Like, I, I, I felt like Terry Funk on the cover of The Wrestler in, like, 1975. I was so juiced. And I still got the scar. It's very little up here. But when I shave my head, you can see it in the back. Um, but, yeah, uh, it ended up we went to court, and, I, and they, those guys were scared that I was going to, like, you know, try to press charges for all this shit and, uh, you know, or come at them or something. And I was just like, yo. I was just like, yo, um, uh, I'm not going to press charges. You don't have to worry about it. A fight's a fight. It was more me and my issues. Don't sweat it. And, you know, we went our separate way. Those dudes thanked me so much. Well, there you go. (laughs) No, this was two years ago or this was last night? It could be either way. <laughs> you can't be sure, Nathan. We can say this, but you know. can play this. You can play this as a flashback. You can play it as breaking news, and you can play it as our trip to the future. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> oh, it's just, there's something about those old TR stories, man. They're just they get me. They get me a lot. They really make me laugh. Uh, I look uh. like Terry Funk on the cover of The Wrestler. Now there is a flashback. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best about TR is he, he knows just enough detail that if you know anything, you can fill in the blanks. Yeah, like, you sure can piece Tom it together. Had, yeah, Tom had no idea what the 1812 overture was. No, no, he didn't. But, 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 <laughs> but, but you okay. know. But he gives that's you enough okay. that you can, yeah, but he knows enough that you can go there because he can give you the da 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 yeah, that's all I needed from him. Oh, he's uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring uh, here. Here's something to get back to basketball here, and I hope everybody enjoyed that little aside there. I, I know I did. Uh, Jason Tatum. This was brought up on Twitter the other day that Jason Tatum has had a pretty good 2020. And, and here's what I mean by that in terms of statistic. Let's take a look. The 2020 NBA season. Jason Tatum is averaging more points per game than Kimball Walker, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, and Paul George, as well as Chris Middleton. He's averaging more rebounds per game than Zion Williamson, Al Horford, Mark Gasol, Chris Middleton, and uh, Mo Harkless. He's averaging more steals per game 
then Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Draymond Green. I'm trying to recognize this guy's face. Let me see. Chris Middleton and this man's face is escaping me at the moment. I think that's Tobias Harris. I think that's who that is. And he's got a higher plus minus than Anthony Davis, James Harden, Luka Doncic, Russell Westbrook, and Damian Lillard. That's a pretty damn good year. Just to look at that. Yeah, I can't argue that. Any. That's that's a solid year for Jason Tatum. That's uh I mean, and I didn't even realize how good of a year he was having it. So that's I mean, like I didn't even realize that that was what was going on. So that's pretty cool. I think that he's having that kind of year. Um, let's kind of go through here and look at some of the news and updates here. Uh, Jordan Bell has signed a two-year deal with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, so clearly their problems are solved. Uh, Trey Burke has agreed to a deal with the Mavericks for the rest of the year. So Trey Burke will play with the Mavericks when they go into uh, the bubble in Orlando. Willie Cauley-Stein has decided to sit out the remainder of the season. So Willie Cauley-Stein will not be playing uh, in Orlando, but he and his wife are expect or girlfriend or whomever are expecting a newborn child in July. So I kind of understand why uh, with that. I kind of get why he's sitting cool. out there. Do you agree there, there, Tim? You get a pass on that one. Yeah. Uh, he needs to take a bath. Like He just looks dirty. Willie Colley Stein does. Every time I see him, he looks like he needs a bath. That last I'm sure he's a clean just, man, but that, that that last name just conjures up all. I don't know why Colley Stein. I always want to. I, I always get cauliflower. I don't know why, but I do. DeAndre Jordan tested positive for coronavirus, and he's mm-hmm. not going to Orlando. So the Nets lose another. Spencer Dinwiddie both tested positive. Dinwiddie's very much considering that he's not going to be playing in Orlando. Actually, Jordan I, is not. He has already said he is actually, out. Actually, I I heard or read somewhere today that they they're not so sure about that now. That they think he may be there. Really? Yeah. Uh, now that would surprise me. I, I'll be surprised. Would, but well, who knows? Uh, that's just what that's just what I read. But I mean, these days, uh, the, the way the press is looking for something to write, you can't really believe too much that you. Well, Let's I mean, he, from, and he may but, like he could easily change his mind. I mean, there's there's yeah, nothing wrong. But unless with that. I hear it from unless I unless the report is a soundbite from him, I you know. Take mm, it to let me go see. Uh, let me see. I haven't seen anything from uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, so that's normally who I go with. Either him or Shams are the two guys to really yeah, well, go uh, with. Woj did say though today though that uh, Cephalosha will not play for Houston. Yep, yeah, that was another that was another update I was going to bring up here in a minute, but we'll go ahead and get to it. Uh, Thabo Cephalosha, who is uh, a Houston Rockets forward, he will not be playing in Orlando, and there's really no information as to why. But he just and you know I, I, it's hard for me Tim to sit here and criticize players for not going, but at the same time I go to work every day. Well, not every day, but when I go to work, I'm called into work. I go to work, but I guess it's a little different. I work in a radio station where I'm away from a lot of people, and social distancing is very easy. Right, but a lot of people don't. There's a lot of people. There's you know, responders, hospitals. You know, people have been working in grocery stores for this entire thing. 
and 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 certainly are not getting the protection offered that these guys are going to get offered to them in the bubble. But in the same breath, they, you know, you have a choice to make. I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and and run anybody down for not going. Uh, I would argue that you're kind of, how do I put this? You're kind of replacing one danger with another because, uh, to be honest, I would be more nervous. Uh, getting on airplanes and flying all over the place 17 times a week as opposed to being in the bubble. But that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I, it's that's just how it is, I, I suppose. I don't know. Um, but I, I get it. I mean, you would think it would be yeah, better, I'm but... Not, yeah, no, I'm not going to shit, in on, shit on anybody for not going. I, I, I won't go that far. I'm just not sure that I quite understand the logic for not going. I think you could you could probably come out and say, you know, I'm worried about the COVID. Okay, I hear you. Uh, yeah. I, I, I get it. Don't give me this other stuff though. About I mean, family. All right, there's these are the same guys though that if their if their wife had a baby during the NBA playoffs, they'd miss one night, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Some of them, but whatever. But the Rockets, uh, they did sign, though, to replace him. And this, I'll know you're going to love this name. Luke Mbaamute. Luke Rashad Mbaamute. <laughs> uh, like you that. know, I'll say, I'll say that uh, oh, Mute, he was a former, former Timberwolf. Actually, a former Rocket. He ate plays, played in D'Antoni's system. If he comes in in shape, they're not really going to miss much. He's a defensive player. He's not going to be a, a scorer. Umbamute is going to do what he does, and that's play defense. So that's a, that's a good pickup for them. I, I like that pickup. Uh, Portland Trailblazers plan to sign Jalen Adams as a substitute to replace Trevor Ariza. Uh, Adams was G League MVP runner-up. So Jalen Adams looks like he's going to get a chance to play here. The Cavaliers have converted a two-way contract of Dean Wade into a multi-year deal. Uh, so nothing major there. Uh, I mean, big for him. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, as far as breaking news, it's not huge. Uh, Wilson Chandler has told the Nets he is opting out of playing in Orlando. So the Nets, again, another shot. They're just – all their guys are just saying, no, they're not going. Um, but they have a lot of veteran players, though. Again, uh, Jordan may end up going and playing, but – Is this, a, is this any kind of shine on what the Brooklyn team thought they, were, they would be able to do once things got going again? Not much. Yeah, it seems that way. Or is it me? I, I, I don't know. just seems like their guys have been quite quick to jump off the ship. Yeah, yeah that way. Uh, maybe, maybe Brooklyn, or they're just kind of saying, eh, we want to stay healthy. We'll try it again next season. Don't really want to push real hard, I suppose. Ooh. I don't know. I don't some know. Of be, seems... <laughs> some of them better be careful or they won't be playing in Brooklyn next year. Maybe not. Uh, let's see here. The Pelicans had three players with positive COVID tests, but they didn't release who they were. Players went into self-isolation and are being tested daily. They are allowed to return to the team after two straight days of negative tests. The Nets practice facility did reopen yesterday after they had closed it for several days and had several positive COVID tests. Um, the Nuggets closed their practice facility. The facility was locked to players and staff starting Saturday, but it could reopen again later this week. 
So Nuggets just trying to be safe rather than sorry. Uh, they're trying to make sure that everyone's safe and, and they don't catch anything before they go, which I think is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron Payne agreed to a two-year deal with the Phoenix Suns. And, of course, who could forget, ladies and gentlemen, check out the Bell to Bell podcast with Bobby Blaze. They released a new episode this week. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. So that's uh, really a lot of the news. Uh, okay. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and run a quick commercial here, Tim. All right. And uh, I, got, I, I got something to get to when we get back. All right, we'll talk here just when we get back. We got to pay some bills. We'll be right back right after this. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game system, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Are you tired of the same old average, everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to StripCamFun.com. On StripCamFun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at StripCamFun.com, where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on StripCamFun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. StripCam Fun, be sure to visit right now. It's StripCamFun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. And again, thanks to our wonderful sponsors over at Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. They've got all kinds of stuff going up daily. Go check them out on their Facebook page. And of course, Strip Cam Fun, where you can have a great time. And uh, you never have to leave your house. Nothing better than that, right, Tim? Especially in this environment. Doubly, though, make sure you wash your hands, eh? <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. But all right, Tim, you had uh, you had something you wanted to bring up, so I'm sorry to interrupt you, but go ahead. No, that's fine. Uh, uh... Let's talk about what Damian Lillard came out and said today. Yeah, go ahead. Well, is this like if I'm the NBA, am I am I not very impressed with him at this moment? Where he's already saying there's no way anybody's going to follow the rules. Mm, I don't know. You know, okay, and I quote, my confidence ain't great because you're telling me you're going to have 22 teams full of players following all the rules. 
When we have 100% freedom, ain't nobody follow the rules. I don't have much confidence, but hopefully it'll be handled. Okay, wouldn't it be better if he came out and said, everybody better follow the rules? It's not particularly good when a guy of his stature comes out and says, yeah, ain't no way anybody's going to follow the rules. I just don't I, think that's a good, that's not a good optic, in my opinion. Might be true. Yeah, it's really not. It but it's not a very good optic. Like you should be talking the absolute opposite of that. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure everybody follows the rules. Yeah, I mean, that, and that, that's the way it should be. But Lillard, at the same time, man, he's he's an interesting cat. Uh, he's kind of out there, but I'll say this when it comes to Damian Lillard, he did get named the 2021 cover athlete for, um, NBA 2k for 2k 21, which will be out in a few months. So congratulations to him. He's one of the, the cover art. I think Zion Williamson might be another one. I think so. I mean, I, I believe you're right on that. Uh, you got any hockey updates? Let's hear some hockey updates. Yeah, well, hockey pulled a fast one. Um, originally, uh, Las Vegas had been named as a hub city, but that has been shot down with the recent uh, inability of uh, Nevada to keep their test numbers anywhere near normal. Um, although that's a problem a lot of people seem to be having, or people, a lot of uh, jurisdictions tend to be having that problem lately. Um, and now it looks like uh, the NHL is going to buck the system a tiny bit and go to the two hub cities. Will be it's looking like Edmonton, Toronto now. So, uh, but an interesting thing that's come out of this, and this I don't know if this is going to apply to basketball or not, but mm-hmm. it might. Um, they are they have kind of worked into the CBA. Uh, they got had one more year left on the collective bargaining agreement, and they are kind of angling that there will be no uh, increase in salary cap for the next two years on the offset chance that uh, with no fans and the lack of, you know, because nobody really knows what's going to go on coming, you know, whether they get this season done or not, up in the air, really, uh, even if they do restart. Um, what's going to happen come the beginning of next season. Nobody really knows. So that's really made for uh, an interesting uh, angle as far as uh, re-signing players. Because now you've got guys, like, I'll try, I I mean, I I don't know exactly contract-wise in the NBA, but let's say you've got a, a player A who is a guy who probably should be getting paid uh, top dollar. But now you've been told that the cap isn't going to move for two years. You might not be able to afford to pay that guy, especially if you got anybody else coming up that you're going to need to pay. Like it's really thrown a wrench into, oh, Jesus, did we just overpay people on contracts now that because we didn't realize or didn't know that the salary cap was going to be frozen? And remember, now the NHL has a hard cap. There's no way to circumvent the cap. There's no max deals. There's no any of that kind of stuff. They don't have it. So that's made a couple of the players are a little bit miffed, particularly guys who are coming up on uh, new contracts because they have no idea what they're going to get paid. 
So the COVID is really uh, it's doing a number on the on the NHL and the bookkeeping and all that, but they're working it out. So we'll see what they come up with. They expect an announcement by Thursday about the hub cities. So we'll see yeah. what happens. But it would be interesting to see the only if only Canadian cities would be hosting events, then you would have to get all the American players cleared to get into Canada. Would that delay? You think that would delay the season? Uh, no, the the federal government has has waived uh, the fourteen day quarantine for essentials, and they're calling this essential, of course, kind of like the wrestling thing in Florida. Um, you got you, you'll get tested, and you got to be clear. But once that yeah. happens, well, of course, you, you I go, mean you don't yeah. want to just let somebody go. Yeah. No. Fair enough, but that once that happens, you can go into the bubble. I think people, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I know you're aware because you and I speak, but I, I don't know that the average American realizes that uh, uh, Toronto, what we think is, you know, here in Canada, we're going, oh, Toronto's got a lot of COVID. But compared to any major American city, they have none. And Edmonton, Edmonton hasn't had a thousand cases total since this thing started. So, I mean, in Edmonton, the COVID might as well is, is next to 0% to or as close as it can be. So I guess of all the choices they could make, I mean, right now, I can't think of an American city that's going to give you that, you know, New yeah, York. Yeah, you really can't. You know, New York, LA, uh, you know, maybe Columbus, Ohio, maybe, but then they don't want to put them in places like that because... You know, Toronto is a, is a no-brainer. It's the media center of Canada. It is, whether anybody else wants to admit it or not, the hockey center of the of the world, in all honesty. Uh, and Edmonton has the facilities. And, uh, I mean, the city is only a million people. And the, where the rink is and the facilities is kind of, I don't want to say isolated, but kind of. You know, if, if you're not going there for that, you're probably not there if that makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of like a lot of, uh, a lot of big stadiums, you know, they're kind of on yeah. the outskirts of the town and not really any reason to be there for anything else. So it won't be hard for them to that area down, so to speak. And like I said, I think I've said before, the same guy who owns the team owns the building. He owns all the land and the shopping mall and everything else that's all there. So he can pretty much do whatever he wants. So it's, it's a pretty good situation. So that looks like what's going to happen in hockey anyway. Well, I mean, hockey's got a, a pretty good idea in terms of, you know, at least they have a game plan, so to speak. And, and I think that's a good idea to kind of make everybody, um, you know, you got to be tested when coming in. And, of course, you know, they're waiving the quarantine rule, uh, which I think is, is a good idea as well. Um, well, Canada, so hockey, do you, what do you – Have, have they – by the way, I don't – and if you said this earlier, I apologize. I may have released it or missed it, but – have they released the day on when they're going to come back? No. Um, no, they, they, haven't, haven't. they haven't even announced no. that yet. Well, the CBA is not still has to be finalized. So they can they could decide whatever they wanted, but it would be open to being changed. So they're at least smart enough not to, you know, they, they, the players have got to vote on this CBA first. That's supposed to happen tomorrow. So okay. And they expect that it's going to pass because they did give um, – uh, again, I don't know what a lot of the guys who listen to our show and ladies, uh, the NHL wasn't at the la- uh, had wasn't allowing players to go to the Olympics 
because it doesn't mesh very well with our, the hockey season, et cetera, et cetera. But that has been – they gave that right up. So they'll uh, NHL players will be back at the Olympics because they didn't go in 2018. And they fully expect, because they gave that up, that the players will sign off on the CBA. But uh, hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, that, that's good stuff to know. Uh, I was going to ask you, what are the uh, does the United States have any rules for foreign travelers coming back to the U.S. at this point? I'll be honest. I haven't. If they do, I haven't heard what they are. Okay. I, um, I just wondered because we just announced that we don't care where you're coming from anymore. If you're not a Canadian citizen or you don't have a permanent, uh, whatever they call that, the next best thing to be in a citizen where you have a permanent work visa or permanent status or whatever they call that, mm-hmm. uh, you ought to you automatically get 14 days in quarantine and we don't care who you are. We don't care where you came from. Uh, finally, which is what they probably should have done two months ago, but uh, yeah. So they're, they're wondering not so much for the players, but like now, okay, so let's say all the games are going to be in Toronto and Edmonton. Uh, how's the press going to get there? Uh, what about staff? Uh, that sort of thing. Cause they're not, they're not really considered essential, just the athletes. So I'm not sure how that's going to work. They're, they've still got some bugs to work out, but our government is on board, so I'm sure they'll come up with something. All right. Well, once some good news we need to talk about here, July 4th, we get basketball back, baby, the TBT. And oh, uh, let... hallelujah. <laughs> May I say that? Uh, for sure. I mean, but, it's uh, going to be the first major. I mean, okay, granted, it's not the NBA, but it's going to be the first of the four big four sports mm-hmm. to happen since this started, where the games at least like it's something. It's kind of it's kind of like the <laughs> if you're a drug dealer and you need the here's your free sample. You like that because now the good stuff's going to come next. Hopefully, hopefully. I don't want to jinx anything, but hopefully. Um, I'm looking forward to it because, man, do I need a sports fix. Oh, absolutely. We all do. It's just been uh, – it's been so long without, you know, the the big-time sports that we love and and we miss so much. Um, So, let's look at the first day. You got the team – let me me get the – I'm going to pull up teams here. And let me see here. I'm going to pull up the TBT, the team, so we can kind of get an idea of who the teams are. Maybe some names from each team that we may recognize or not not recognize, whatever it may be. Uh, let me see here. I am looking. Here's teams. I apologize. I should have been a little bit more prepared here, but... I have the, the matchups pulled up, so I'm going to get the teams pulled up so we can um, we can basically look at the bracket and, and look at who's on who's on each team. Bracket schedule. Here we go. I just had it a minute ago, too, and that's the sad part. Um, okay, that's the schedule. So, Tim, hockey, huh? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm trying to get this pulled up. Now I can't find the yeah. damn thing. Yeah, the hockey league we played on the ice. So oh yeah, oh yeah. The skates yeah, yeah. and the skates and the and it's cold and where you took. 
Hopefully you I don't get hit with the puck. Find the damn, why can't oh, I find the man. damn teams I'm looking for? I, I literally was just here. <laughs> literally. Just looked at the thing. Oh, well, Nathan, uh, Nathan, what are your hobbies outside of screwing up podcasts? Well, Tim, Boy, I, uh, it's it's really the thing. Uh, uh, it's really my favorite thing. So Strangling animals, golf, and... Uh, okay, here we go. Found it. Found it. Found it. All right. Big X will be in this one. And they are uh, guys from all over the Big Ten that spent their careers battling against each other. Let's see if we recognize any here. Uh, I'm going to see if I recognize any of the names. Uh, Khalil Iverson be on this team. Nick Ward. I recognize a couple of those names. C.J. Jackson, another guy. Kellen Dunham. I remember him. He played at Butler. Uh, Javon Best played at Michigan State and St. Louis. So a couple names there. Vito Brown for Wisconsin. And they'll be taking on in the first match the Jackson Tennessee Underdogs. Uh, that's the first game there. Let's take a look at who's on that squad. Is there a Jackson Tennessee Overdogs name? Underdog. I don't know if there's an Overdogs. Let's see here. Jackson Tennessee. Uh, they're just representing Jackson Tennessee, so maybe not anybody that we'll recognize here. Derek Byers played at Vanderbilt. Um. Not a lot of guys that you would recognize on this squad. I'm gonna check. John out Williamson the, uh, played at Cincinnati. Yeah, not a lot of not a lot the, of guys. Uh, I'm gonna check out the betting odds if there's any kind of a line on these games. Oh, I'm, I'm sure curious. there is. I'm curious as to uh, if there's an underdog here, somebody we should be rooting for that isn't expected to do well. Well, I'm pulling, since my boys in Best Virginia are out, I'm pulling from my boys and heard that. And we'll get to that here in a minute. The second matchup, and that one will be at 3 o'clock on Saturday, July 4th. The second matchup is Brotherly Love versus Stillwater Stars. So, let's see here. That's the uh, Brother- Pritchard All-Stars? Or the Bruce Pritchard The All-Stars. Philadelphia yeah. has always been home of the underdogs. So, we're looking at a a Philadelphia squad here. See if anybody we recognize. Um, I'm not really recognizing too many guys here. <laughs> a lot of guys went to Temple. Um, I really don't recognize any of these guys. Westchester University. Uh, Marlon Johnson, DJ Newbill, Kyle Sample. I don't really recognize any well, of these guys. Surprisingly enough, Nate, there is not a single thing about the TBT on uh, my bookie. Nothing. That's weird. Uh, that, uh, that I'm surprised. And they'll be taking on. The Stillwater Stars from Oklahoma. I think they're from Oklahoma State. And uh, James Banks the third there. Uh, let's see here. A lot of coaching staff. They got apparently they've got GMs and everything. Brian Williams. Uh, Oklahoma. Apparently they're using a mix of guys from Oklahoma State, Houston, Kansas. So this is a team that's been there, done that. Here. TBT for a while. That game's at five o'clock. And then at eight o'clock, it's House of Pain against War Tampa. So House of Pain. See if we recognize anybody. And uh, Pain is P A I G N. So think think like that. Illinois alumni. Uh, so Billy Garrett's there. Cameron Liss, Mike Donham, uh, Michael Finky, Malcolm Hill, guys that played in. Uh, you know, you got Illinois guys, you've got Wright State, South Dakota State, uh, 
couple guys played at Grand, a guy played at Grand Canyon, DePaul. So a lot of guys from Illinois coming in here. Apparently Malcolm Hill is Illinois' third all-time leading scorer in history. And he'll be playing. And, again, they're taking on the War Tampa team, which is guys from Florida. She Davis, Scotty James, Bryce Brown, who played at Auburn. Justin Gray played at Texas Tech. Uh, let see anybody else here that we may recognize. Uh, Horace Spencer played at Auburn. So a few, a few names there. That game will be at 8 o'clock on Saturday. And then the nightcap game, Team CP3 against Mid-American Unity. So Team CP3, which is, uh, you know, their alumni from the grassroots program. Chris Paul is the GM of this team. He went to Wake Forest, so a lot of guys from that area. Uh, Deontay Baldwin from UNC Greensboro. David Weaver from Wake Forest. C.J. Harris from Wake Forest. Sam Hunt from NC State. Nate Mason, who played at Minnesota. Uh, A few guys there, and they're taking on Mid-American Unity. So I have a feeling this is going to be a MAC team here. Um, Let's see here. Yep, from the MAC. A couple guys here. Josh Williams played at Akron. Kristen Wilson from Lewis University. Joseph Pope from Mercy College. Uh, Carlos Medlock from Eastern Michigan. So you got your MAC teams in here. Pretty cool to see. And uh, the one I'm looking forward to, and we're going to stop here, July 5th, 2 o'clock, Jimmy V taking on Heard That. Jimmy V, a last-minute replacement for the West Virginia team. Uh, Playing for Jimmy V, Will, again, we talked about him last week. Hayward Highsmith, uh, Brashear Ahmad, Hashim The Beat from UConn will be there. They've got Scott Brooks, who's a booster. Chad Brown from Central Florida. Uh, a few names here that we know. Marquise Towns from Loyola, Chicago. Uh, William, Col- William Coleman from Memphis. And they're taking on the guys from Heard That. And the Heard That squad consists of John Elmore, Ott Elmore, Earl Reed, uh, Mar- and our man, Stevie Browning, will also be there. And we've already talked to Stevie. I talked to him the other day. He's in quarantine. He was letting us know that uh, everything's cool. And next week, Stevie will be on the show discussing what's going on with the TBT. So I think that's uh, pretty cool that Stevie's going to be able to do that for us. We're going to get kind of an inside look of how the TBTs went on. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us right now, the man. He's back from his long sports jeopardy hustle. It's Jeff. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff, welcome back. Better late than never, right? Better late than never. We regret to uh, inform you. Sorry about you. that, but uh, I regret to I was, inform you you've been traded to Canada, uh, Jeff. Oh. Sorry about that. I can play with Sidney Crosby now. All right. No, you're going to be taking <laughs> over. Uh, you're going to be on the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation Television doing uh, Sports Jeopardy. John Terry. Yeah, if you want them, we can get them. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, what's uh, what's going on? Well, we want to talk about here towards the end of the show. We haven't had a chance to relive it yet, but Bobby Benilia Day is today. You know about the Bobby? <laughs> well, yes. Yes, I do. Uh, they've been paying. They'll be paying. I mean, they've been paying him since uh, the uh, first Bush administration. It looks like they're going to be paying him what till 2035. They're so. paying him till the Cade Bush administration. <laughs> <laughs> 
But, uh, well, I mean, hats off to him. I, and if I remember right, it had something to do with um, City Bank or City Financial, I think, bought uh, the stadium or whatever, or had, got the rights to the stadium. That might have had uh, Bernie Madoff. And I had something to do with it as well. I can't remember all the details because well, it's been so long ago. That's part of it. The, uh, the mess, well, the I've got the story here right in front of right? me. So here, here's here's the thing. All right, here we go. Yes, my famous line. Here's the thing. In November, okay, let's get here. All right, Bobby Benalia had a subpar 99 season, and the Mets released him, but they still owed him. $5.9 million. Bonilla and his agent offered the Mets a deal. Bonilla would defer payment for 10 years, and the Mets would pay him an annual paycheck after that of $1.19 million starting in 2011 and end in 2035, which added up to a total payout of $29.8 million. Mets owner Fred Wilpon accepted the deal, mostly because he was heavily invested with Bernie Madoff and the 10% returns he thought he was getting on his investments with Madoff outweighed the 8% interest the Mets would be paying Benilia's initial $5.9 million. As a result, the payoff was a subject of inquiry during the Madoff investment scandal when it came to light in 2008. And then Bobby Benilia signed with the Braves in 2000 and played 114 games for them, played for the Cardinals in 2001, and uh, then in 2011, he started getting paid. He got paid more this year than Patrick Mahomes. He made out pretty good on that, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did. I think he did. <laughs> I can't believe those guys uh, how many, made that deal. I mean, these guys are big-time well, businessmen. <laughs> yeah, but they were in trouble. He, he was looking at losing everything, and he didn't want to cough up that money. Right, and then he got, and then he got greedy, of course, because he figured he was counting his returns before he was getting them. He was counting and, his returns from a, a guy that was screwing him. Yeah, that turned out to be a, a, the one, the, one of the biggest hustlers in the history of the universe. So, kind of a perfect storm there in some ways, but hey, I mean, you got to give it to a guy who's fifty-seven years old and still getting one point two million on a pro contract. You got to love it. Yeah, I mean. I remember talking to somebody about this whenever, it, uh, whenever I guess around 2011, and they th- thought I was full of it. They said, "Well, he hasn't played in ten years, and it had been about ten years." And uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's going down. So, I mean, and he'll get I mean, paid he till 2035. <laughs> Bobby Bo, 2035 is when well, he look will. Look at it this way: the New York Mets have signed three free agents in the last 24 hours. They will make less money combined than what he gets paid, all three of them. That's crazy. And one of them's a name. Milky Cabrera is actually, you know, fairly decent major leaguer. Yeah. It's, it's it's crazy, crazy stuff is going on. But Jeff, what about NASCAR? You know, Pocono was this weekend. There was two back-to-back races in Pocono. Uh, some some fun stuff there. I thought I actually got to watch most of them. Uh, what did you think of the Pocono races this weekend, NASCAR wise? Well, uh, I think it's 
probably the double header they had. Now they now remember they decided on this before the coronavirus. They decided last year to have uh, a double header at Pocono and uh, over the weekend and have two different races and both races. I think one was 325 miles, the other was 350. I don't know why they. Anyways, they did, but. Um, you had a lot of strategy involved with uh, people t- at the end of the race trying to take two tires or just gas only, things like that. And usually, even though there's strategy involved, the cream rises to the top anyways. But, I mean, so far this year, it's been a Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin show, especially since they came back from the, uh, the break they had there for like two months. Uh, yeah. Both of, them, both of them finished one-two. And right Harvick now, you never won the know, day before. Uh, Right, right. You, you, they both finished. One, the other finished first and set, you know, and second the next race. They just basically reverse roles. But um, I mean, right now it looks like it's. I mean, those two could have come down the Hamlin Harvick showdown, like at the end. But you know how the rules are set up. At the end, you know, anybody that wins a race can get in the playoffs, and uh, anything can happen. A lot of the last few years, the best driver throughout the season hasn't won. And a lot of your NASCAR traditionalists. Uh, used to like a point standings throughout the year doesn't like that, but because uh, Kyle Busch, uh, I mean he was the best when he had to be last year. He hadn't won for twenty some races, but yet he won the last race, won the championship or whatever. And uh, he's he's kind of got off to a. I mean he's scored a lot of top fives, but he hasn't been Kyle Busch like I guess. And, well, uh, he was very has, upset. Ryan Blaney wrecked him there towards the yeah, end. Yeah, he, he ran was very upset. Yeah, yeah, he got ran over. So. Yeah, he was very upset, but you know what? He controlled his temper. He did, and I was and I was mad because I want <laughs> Kyle Busch to be that heel. I would I need him to be that heel. Yeah, because NASCAR like, needs it, that. Right, you know, uh, Nathan. I believe. I mean, he he used to like you said. He used to be. He would be more uh, vocal about what happened, and uh, but I think I mean. I think he's kind of mellowed out a little bit, not a whole lot, but a little bit since he's got married and had a kid, and maybe he wants to be a, you know, feels like he doesn't want to act, you know, like he might have used to maybe five or ten years ago or whatever. But as you say, though, uh, your your fans like entertainment when it comes to that kind of stuff, you know, uh, when it comes to beating and banging and calling out somebody and. But anyways, that's that's what that's what NASCAR was kind of founded on was controversy and rivalry. So, uh, but yeah, I, I was. I mean, who's to say he won't maybe turn him next time? You know, he's just he could still be the heel. He just didn't really do what he normally would, like he might have had in the past. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, it it's just been it was an interesting weekend for sure with NASCAR. Um, uh, this week they go to uh, Indianapolis. Uh, they're going yeah. to race Brickyard, the baby. Uh, it's going to be on uh, on the fifth. So uh, uh, Kevin Harvey, he, from what I understand, he's going to have a special uh, United States like paint scheme with Bush beer and stuff like that on there. And it's supposed to look pretty nice, but uh, I like the Harvey. I like the Harvey paint scheme he had this weekend. I thought that was nice. The bush head for the mountains. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, I like those. Uh, these guys, we got different. 
used to you had one sponsor, like Gordon had DuPont, Earnhardt had Good Ranch, uh, Bill Elliott, you know, sometimes he had Coors there for a while, then he went to Budweiser there for a little bit. But now they've had to break up their sponsorship and, you know, uh, a little bit for, the, for, for those guys to get paid or you might you might see uh, – you might see Harvick with like Jimmy Johns and then Bush Beer and then yeah. Uh, you might, of course, FedEx usually sponsors Hamlin all year, but uh, and then you have uh, uh, Kyle. You know he'll have different Mars brands like M and M's and Snickers and uh, something. Every now and then he'll have Interstate batteries on there. So you know a lot of times it's interesting. You know it sells a lot of diecast cars too. They know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to bring this up, and this is, I think has been a long-debated topic with NASCAR sponsors. They get rid of the Winston Cup, clearly no cigarette sponsors, but they're okay with beer sponsors. And I'm not saying that either is, is you know, cigarette smoking is unhealthy, but so is the consumption of too much alcohol. But I'm not saying that alcohol is bad, but, I mean, M&M's is bad for you, too, and, and all these things. I mean, not, but it kind of seems like they get rid of the Winston and NASCAR, but yet they're very open to all the beer sponsorships. Uh, does that like seem kind of weird to you guys? Uh, maybe a little standard. bit. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with, with drinking a beer, but there's uh, if you want to smoke a cigarette, clearly, if you're 21 in this country, you're allowed to. Um, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It just kind of seems strange to me that they would do away with all the cigarette sponsoring and uh, allow the beer sponsoring to continue. A lot of it could be, I mean, what's it come down to decisions like that usually? Money. money. Yeah, so. <laughs> More so the money. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, I mean, that's just, I guess that's how it is. Tim, you have any thoughts on the, the, the sponsorship stuff? America was founded on the promise of beer for everyone, Nathan. There you go. I don't know. They do it up here, too, and it makes no sense to me either. It's like um, there's a thing, like the whole Philip Morris thing, and they're they're so dead set against cigarettes. You smoke, fine. I'm not going to judge you for that. That's fine. But it's like we don't want cigarettes. We don't want cigarette ads on TV. We don't want these things on TV. Certain places can't have, you know, liquor ads. You can't have, like, a Crown Royal commercial on certain commercials. But... Man, if you turn on the TV, there is a Budweiser commercial everywhere. Right, but they can't show anybody drinking it, correct? I believe that is correct. You can hold it, and you can show how wonderful it looks in the glass or the bottle or whatever, but nobody actually consumes it. Like, somehow that makes a difference. I know up here the whole argument with the cigarettes was the kids. Now, I don't know why that argument doesn't apply to alcohol, too. But that was the big thing. They can get thing. drunk. We just don't want them smoking. Well, right. the, arg- the argument was that you can drink uh, and not kill yourself just for, you know, if you drink two beers a day, you won't die. That's never going to kill you. Whereas smoking, you could be a light smoker and still get cancer. Yeah, but what about people that like to smoke when they drink? Isn't that kind of a problem? Well, that would be the double whammy, wouldn't it? <laughs> that, that that is a joke, ladies and I gentlemen. Don't, Come on. I don't know. I've never understood, uh, you know, again, I'm kind of an old-fashioned sort of dude. I always figured that uh, I don't require television or anybody to tell me what's good and bad. I can do that math on my own. 
just because I see, you know, I I ne- well, I mean, I don't watch a lot of NASCAR, but if I did or when I did, I never saw the Winston Cup thing and went, man, I, I got to get me some smokes. You know, that never never occurred to me. I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't, I guess maybe it affects some people that way, but I'm not one of them. So I don't have an issue with, they could, they can promote whatever they want. I, I don't see why it matters if somebody's willing to pay, but that society has deemed that to be a bad thing. Oh, so we society. Don't, we don't, so we don't do it. Like, I mean, I wouldn't care if Pornhub sponsored a car. I could care less. I would love I that, actually. I mean, it wouldn't, <laughs> I mean, I don't, it would not drive me to go, oh, you know, <laughs> driver A's got Pornhub on the roof of his car. I better go check and out the, some porn right now. And the Pornhub car goes into turn three and he's coming out loose. <laughs> Well, I mean, Mark Martin used to uh, have Viagra. The Viagra car. Yeah. Okay, I mean, all right, same difference, and, and who cares? I mean. Oh, there was a lot of jokes made about that. Oh, yeah, well, especially I'm, when well, you got I'm sure there was, but, but I, mean, it, I mean, is it any worse than them promoting, like I said, Snickers? You know, well, are you hungry, Tim? Are you, Tim, are you hungry? Are you hungry? You're not yourself when you're hungry. Now play that TR clip and then go back to me. Okay, hold on. <laughs> hold on, and we gotta no. find him and execute. There we go. Oh yeah, I get a little ugly if I haven't had anything to eat now. <laughs> That's could, what happened uh, to TR. I could remember going back races in like the mid late eighties, early nineties, and they'd have like Winston would have cigarette stands just giving cigarettes yeah. out to fans. Okay, well, that like, I. That I don't agree with, but I don't agree with that either. But at the same, you know, I'm what. If you go back, and, and even you just go back, you know, forty years, look at how much society has changed. Like, I've been watching Andy Griffith's show a lot lately with my family because my sister had never seen it, and I'm like, how? Uh, but we go back and we watched it, and we noticed on the on the show that, you know, you you don't think about Andy Griffith and cigarettes, you never do. But on the show especially in the early seasons, he smoked a lot. There was a lot of cigarettes smoke there. And it's just something you don't... Well, yeah, everybody did. But it's just not something you see nowadays because you don't see it... You'll see it in a movie, but on TV show, on on primetime TV, you don't see it. You don't see people lighting smoke. I don't think they're allowed to. I I know, and it's just weird to me. I mean, it's just one of those things. uh, You're both familiar with the Flintstones, right? Yeah. Right. Okay, there's episodes, I mean, you can't see them on TV anymore, but the original... Uh, Fred episodes, smoked cigars. Yeah, where they, he where did. They all the time. I mean, there's another episode where they have slaves, but that's a whole other story, but... You Weren't know, Fred and Wilma Flintstone the first couple to ever be shown in bed together on national television? That's quite possible. But, I mean, ah. you know, I, I'm willing to accept that society, things change, people's viewpoints change, and you've got to roll with the times a little bit. No issue there. But at some point, too, grown-ups should be allowed to make up their own minds about things without having somebody else tell me what I'm allowed to see on. You know, we, we don't care. You know, you can go to, it's kind of like the X-rated, or not X-rated, but R-rated at movies. Nobody cares if a bunch of kids go watch a movie about serial killing Friday the 13th kind of guys who are murdering teenagers at a summer camp. That doesn't seem to bother anybody. Oh, pair of boobs? Oh, can't have that. It is a weird standard. 
in some ways. Yeah, it really I, is. I, uh, Nate, real quick, I remember, uh, I mean, and I've read up on it, but there were several, like, um, some of your House members and even senators were putting pressure on NASCAR itself about the cigarettes and R.J. Reynolds trying to get away from more. R.J. Reynolds, of course, is they they ran Winston. They they were that's they're the ones who could give all that money, like this bonus money, the Winston million dollars, and at the end of the year, you know, the players could uh, or not players, but drivers could win those. Uh, awards or whatever. Anyways, uh, and there was you know pressure on them to maybe step away uh, from them. And then of course, R.J. Reynolds got you know they took a hit themselves by not being able to promote their brand as much. So you know it was just I guess NASCAR had to go look at another avenue. And a lot of fans didn't like that, but they had, they made a lot of changes like play a playoff type deal and uh, it's just. You know, as, as we were talking about, everything comes down to, most of the time it comes down to money, but, you know, this, this politics and money kind of played a role. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely there. Um, before we take off tonight, uh, any has anybody heard any baseball updates? I haven't been keeping in great contact with it. Uh, we need to update the, the good people here on baseball. Anybody heard anything? Well, you guys are grateful. Good, good, good to have you guys here. Okay. Okay. Thank you, guys. Well, then we got to find him and execute him. <laughs> you know what you guys know. are? There's Diana looking like some kind of whore. I am not a baseball whore. Not even close. <laughs> um, I believe well, the first game is uh, going to be the 25th. Spring well, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, as you can tell, we are baseball insiders here. Can you not? Oh, here's something I thought was interesting. Toronto was having a hard time uh, finding a place to have their spring training because usually they have it in Florida. Or, uh, but there, everybody, all the teams are having to do it at their stadiums. And uh, I guess with the uh, you know passing into a different country, have you heard anything on this, Tim? About uh, Toronto, <laughs> their players. Okay, boy, maybe not. boy, did that sum it up right there, didn't it? <laughs> oh wow! Like, well, you want to talk about tripping over the finish line? Good lord! <laughs> oh, kidding. Let me try to figure out what that was about. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I, I, ladies I, and gentlemen, I, I, welcome I, I, to Wide Men Can't Jump. We've I only got two the, hours in us, and that's it. I thought the baseball teams had all were going back to their original. All points of origin for um, the Blue Jays are in Dunedin, Florida, but they're waiting to hear if they're going to be allowed to go back to Toronto because that's where they want to go. But of course, the government's kind of you know, a little leery on letting a plane full of guys from Florida come anywhere near their city, and I guess I can understand that. Um, yeah. They were supposed to okay. They were supposed to come back today. They've moved that back to Saturday, and apparently between now and Saturday, the federal government is going to tell them, "Okay, this is what you're going to have to do. This is going to be the protocol." Because as I was telling Nate earlier, we have, Canada's got a ban on uh, international travel 
uh, except from the United States, but that's only for essential stuff, whatever that means, which was we all know government will bend to whichever direction they'd like it to go. So they'll probably get a pass. I imagine by Saturday they'll be back in uh, they'll be back in Toronto. There you go. Oh, and who, I do want and to who say, cares do, what's happening to the Yankees or the Red Sox? Who cares? <laughs> uh, I do want to bring this up before we close out here tonight. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we talked, me, Jeff, and Tim ended up talking uh, last week, or maybe it was earlier this week, I don't remember, about uh, uh, perfect games. Any of you two remember the number of perfect games in Major League Baseball history? I think we said 23, right? I was gonna say that, that is that is correct. Twenty three. And then, do you remember Michael how Clark. many no? Do you remember how many no hitters? In the hundreds. Three hundred and five, maybe. Close. Three hundred three. Three hundred three. So there's a random little sports knowledge. So for reference, the perfect games is Michael Jordan. Yeah. And the or the yeah, and the no hitters is a really nice rifle. <laughs> We're almost the West Virginia area code. I'm almost my weight. <laughs> um. <laughs> Left 303. Oh man. I maybe if I get lost in the maybe if I get lost in the wilderness for a couple years. No, I might see 303 three. again. But uh, that like is that like buck naked or fully clothed, Jeff? Oh. <laughs> uh, with the Big Mac in hand. <laughs> Send pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My email is. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But you know what, Jeff? It's good to hear from you, as always. We've missed you, and we're glad you're, okay, you're well, able to I jump got a, on. I got, a, and... I, got a qu- I got a trivia question real quick. Okay, oh, go, cool. ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Who was the uh, only pitcher to throw a perfect game on the last day of the season? Mm. Now that I don't know. That would be Al the Mad Hungarian Abrowski. <laughs> Is that a serious answer? It's a real picture. <laughs> I've never heard that name in well, my life. Well, I mean, life. you can go look at this. There's, there's 23, right? There's probably, there's probably a list, I'm sure, that has. There he is, but I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know, Tim. You got any idea? Well, I'll give. I'll, well, you can use that as like a hint, I guess, or try to guess off of those right. multiple choice. Um, <laughs> all right, let me go look here. Jeff making me do homework. Okay, well, it's not Don Larson, so we can eliminate that one. I got it down all here right. at twenty-two for you. It wasn't. Let's Dennis look Martinez. here. I don't think. Ah, da, 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 da. Here's the pitchers. I don't think it was Randy Johnson. At least I don't believe it was Randy Johnson. No, no his, was, okay. his was during the summer, maybe. There's only been one in postseason history. Yeah, it was Don Larson. Yeah, Larson did that one. I know Randy Johnson was the oldest to ever do it. 
And then Dallas Braden did it on Mother's Day, so I know it wasn't him. Uh, Holiday's perfect game was shortly after Braden, so it wasn't him. Uh, wasn't there like... Man, I don't know how far back I need to go here. I'm looking. This is one of those... This is more of a uh, scavenger hunt, ain't it? Well, I mean, you got the list, I mean. I, I, I'm searching here. Well, you got the list, Nathan. Come on now. Uh, uh, I'm Jeff. Uh-huh. Uh, you, uh, <laughs> uh, I got the list, eh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, well, Hold on, we gotta find him and execute him. <laughs> uh, that one, David Cohn, was during interleague Felix, play. Felix Hernandez. Was it Felix Hernandez? Not Felix Hernandez. Uh, not Jim Bunning. He did it on Father's Day. I still like uh, the Al the Mad Hagarian Hadrovsky. Yeah, that was pretty out. funny. Uh, Catfish Hunter. No, not him. Ah, Mike Witt. Mike Witt. Mike Witt. Of the California Angels, Mike Witt? Yes. Tall, skinny dude with a mustache? The last game, the last day of the 1984 season. Mike Witt. I think he did against the A's, maybe, or White. Uh, he did it. See here, he who Reggie Jackson, who drove in the only run of the game on a seventh inning fielder's choice ground ball, was the on was also on the winning team in Catfish Hunter's perfect game against Texas. Uh, yes, Texas, Texas, yes, Texas Rangers. Another another one where uh, perfect game. And Charlie Huff of the Rangers threw a one hitter. Uh, or only gave up one run, lost one nothing. They only gave up one run, and that was to Reggie Jackson. Yeah, lost one nothing. That's so, tough. Yes. Seven seven hitter, but only give up one earned run, and you lose. That doesn't happen that often. Yeah, I mean that's that's you only give up one e one er man. That's that's tough. Uh, let me see here. I mean, that's right that's up there. Devs here. Bush uh, bending over to pick up a chicken finger. Um, well, you know. Let's see if we got a little sports trivia here. See a couple <laughs> here. Oh, your first Pritchard or something? Oh, you know. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> your sister informed me, Nathan, that you would never bend over that far, even for a chicken nugget. So. Well, I wouldn't be able to get to it before the dogs. Uh <laughs> Or Cade, if he was around. Well, if Cade was around, if it was a Cheeto, he'd be all over. He's not a big chicken nugget fan. French fry, that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, I like me French fry. Thing. French fry, he would dominate. Okay, ah. big four U.S. sports team. Let's see here. Can you... Oh, God. Jeez. This is weird. You got 12 minutes, and you got to name all 123 big sports, big um Big four sports teams. I don't know if I could do it. I just don't know if I could do it in 12 minutes. 
Well, again, that's uh, that would be something. That's something to do on your own time. I think that you could group <laughs> like, I'm each sure division. we could do it. Yeah, if you, you just go by divisions, division. you should. Yeah, if you just go by yeah. divisions, you could probably knock that. Uh, out. Or, or, or even yeah, or even if you know how many teams are in each league, you should be able to get pretty close. Yeah, I, I think so. Let's see here. I'm still trying to find a couple here that maybe. All right, let's see football I mean, trivia. My, let's do a little football my, trivia. My oh come on. I don't really count, you know, like the Timberwolves really is a major league franchise, so I might miss them. Jesus. <laughs> I click on sports trivia. Apparently this is children's sports trivia. Uh, very funny, very, very funny uh, ones would be there. Well, is that like uh, some of the college university classes? Uh, how many uh, points do you get for a three-pointer? Those kind of questions? Basically. Okay, here's a couple. Here's a couple. These are neat. All right, what? And Tim, you should nail this. Wayne Gretzky. Mm-hmm. What yes. team did he play for in the 80s? Oh, Come on, Tim. Come on now, Nathan. Give me something a little harder. That's a layup. I know. Yeah, that's a layup for you. You always complain you don't get easy ones, so there you go. Half easy, though. All right. It'll be the, Here's it'll the next be the Edmonton Oilers, anyway. The Oilers, really, correct. Really, really what was Ma- when Muhammad Ali retired from boxing in 1981? What was his record? Ooh. I'll give you a hint. Uh, it adds um, up to 60. He had 60 career fights. Ooh, okay, well, they lost at least. I got to go back and think. Um. I mean, he definitely lost to uh, uh, he lost Holmes. to Holmes, didn't he? I think Nathan, it's either fifty-four five and one or fifty-five and five, maybe. It is fifty-five and five. Fifty-five and five. Yeah, it is fifty-five and five. So, so who did he lose to? It doesn't have it listed, uh, but I don't know. That's, well, that's a pretty good question, though. Who you lost to? That's uh, a better question, probably. I already lost five times, but who to? Well, he had three it's fights with uh, Fraser, what? and he lost the first one to him. Yes. Didn't he lose? He lost to Holmes, didn't he? And I'm pretty sure he lost to Larry Holmes. And there was at least one foreman. I had to be right. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali lost five fights during his professional career. Joe Frazier, Ken Norton. Leon Spinks, Larry Holmes, and Trevor Burbick. Yeah, hmm. Spinks was the one. I... It's a four out of five. Trevor Burbick, I, I don't know that. That's I don't know thing. anybody would have known that. Ali was old, or else he doesn't lose. Yeah, yeah. He, he would have killed him. He should have fought Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those you shouldn't take to fight. Um, in 1997, Tiger Woods won the Masters. He was the youngest golfer to ever do it. How old was he? 21. Correct. Correct. Well, I think I think you should have to be a little bit more specific there. 21 years. How 21, five years. Oh, Jesus. Who the hell would know that? <laughs> Jeff would know that. 21, five months, and uh, 23 days. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, this is in what year were women first allowed to participate in the modern Olympic Games? Ooh, that's Ooh. A, and that's an interesting question. 
I mean, you would have you would have thought it would have been from whatever the first Olympics was, but obviously not. It is not. Well, I know. I mean, the United States doesn't account for everybody, but they when we got the rights, I believe, in 1918 to vote. 1919 with the 19th Amendment, I believe, was the okay, women so, got the right to vote. Um, I would. I will throw this out there. I don't know why it's in my head uh, that they got the Olympics at the turn of the century, uh, 1900. That's correct. Oh, wow. 1900. So they uh, missed what? The first two? One. First one, maybe. Or the first one. 1896 or 1892? Uh, no, I, I think the first Olympics was, wasn't it 1877? Or no, no, never mind. No, it's got to be 19. It's got to be an, it, uh, an 1896. Even yeah, 96. So they missed the first one. Well, it's not bad. I mean, that's a lot more, uh, uh, I would have thought, if it wasn't all of them, that it wouldn't have been so much later than that. So good for them. Yeah. I'm on board with that. Kind of a point. All right. Olympic, but, all right. See ya is the iconic home run call of what baseball announcer? Who? The term there see ya. See ya is the iconic home run call of what baseball announcer? See ya. Uh, whoever it is, it's on the yes network, I believe, isn't it? For, <laughs> for uh, New York Yankees. Oh, um, I don't know who does the Yankees games. I, I couldn't tell you. I think. I always hear him go, see ya. The only one I can... The only one I know is it's back, 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 gone. And that's Mark Berman. Yeah, that's the one I know. No answer? I, I have no idea. Michael K. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm still not yeah, he's an was, I think he's still the announcer. I think he is. Yeah. All right. Here, here's an interesting question. Which of these artists has not performed on the Super Bowl halftime show? Britney Spears, James Brown, or Van Halen? Hmm. Hell, I would have been tempted to say all of them. Two have, one hasn't. I don't recall. Jesus, I don't remember Van Halen ever being on the Super Bowl halftime show. Me either. It is Van Halen. But then Van I was going to say, I don't remember Britney Spears or James Brown being there either. What years was that? But he doesn't tell you that, eh? I don't have it. Okay. I was curious right. when James Brown this did is it. My, here's my last question. If you guys got any to throw out, we'll do it. This is my last one, and this one I think is a good one. What NBA franchise has the most individual winners of the slam dunk contest. Now, again, this is... Let me see when this was put out. This was put out by USA Today in 2018. So that's what we're going by here. Hmm. Oh. I, I have no idea. Jeff, over that's, here. That's a pretty tough one. It is a tough it's, one. Did Zach Levine, did he ever win it? 
He won it twice. Uh, who who was he playing for, the Bulls or T-Wolves? He was on the Wolves both times. Okay. We'll say if he was on the Bulls, that would at least give them four because Jordan won twice. But he wasn't. So uh, Isaiah Ryder was on the uh, T-Wolves, wasn't he? I, I don't know if he was, was on the year he won it. I believe he was. I believe he was. I don't know. What are you going with the wolves? Yeah, why not? That is incorrect. The correct answer: the Atlanta Hawks. Hmm. Well, I know Spud Webb won once and Neek won twice. I don't know. Because you had uh, one. Josh Smith. Oh yeah, Josh he did. Smith he won. Tough, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Anybody got any more before we head out of here? Any more sports trivia you want to throw out? I'm trying to find the answer to what years those Super Bowl things were, and I'm coming up empty here so far. The halftime um, shows? Yeah. I found the list, but I still haven't come up. Okay, James Brown. All right. James Brown was part of an ensemble of the uh, Blues Brothers and ZZ Top. He was in there. 19, in 1997. In Louisiana, so that sort of makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, Br- Britney Spears, however. Oh, bye, bye. Was oh okay, <laughs> okay. she was uh, uh, Aerosmith. Uh, Britney Spears, Mary J. Blige, and Nelly performed in 2001 in Tampa. Jesus, which one of those sounds better? I'll go with the first. <laughs> Well, you can always go for NSYNC. They were also part of the festivities. Uh, NSYNC ain't that bad now, folks. I'm just going to throw that out there. Oh, dude. Oh, they uh, look. Did you dude. harmonize like that? No. So what? I'm not professing to be a singing group. Can I dance and look like an idiot? Yes. So there, I got they two didn't thirds know. of NSYNC. They did so. I tell you what. You give me some of the money they made as members of NSYNC, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Mate, I'll take the money any of those guys made. Amen. Yeah, I'll take but, the all right. money any day. Yeah, for uh, real. real quick, I'll take Dave, Kevin Federline money. Did, did you see where in NFL where they're just going to have two preseason games? Yeah, yeah, I actually forgot to bring that up. I'm glad you mentioned that. The NFL's decided to only go with two preseason games now. I don't know if that's enough. Um, uh, I think three. I think you need three, just to get in rhythm, so you don't hurt yourself. Yeah, they'd already been talking about cutting back one game. So. Well, cutting back, cutting back to three, I think okay. is plenty. I, but I think I cutting ar- back to two, I don't know. I will argue that if they only play two, and the guys who actually start play the games, that's lots. When you only play seven minutes or a quarter, yeah, you probably need more than two games. But Well, the third maybe. game they actually play, the, the third game was the one that you always wanted to watch because that would have the guys playing the most uh, minutes. They'd get almost a half. So that was the one I always would watch, would be the third, uh, the third game. After that, you could just say, screw it. There, Nathan. That's the mad Hungarian Al Hrabowski, just so you don't doubt me. Oh, I didn't doubt you. Check man, what out. a man that is. Look at that guy. You've got to go man. look up some vi- 
anyone who's listening, you got to go look up some video because this guy lost it on the mound. He was well named. I like this guy. Look at that. That Fu Man shoe. I'm digging it. Yeah, he was a quite the character back in the That's day. actually a, a handlebar, I should say, but I'm it's, digging it's, it. It's beautiful. And you got to love it. And that's all I have to say. Happy Canada Day, everyone. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thanks again for stopping by. Don't hang up when the show ends. We'll talk to you in private here in a minute. But uh, thanks, everybody, uh, for listening and tuning in. We're on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and more. Don't miss it. Hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll be back with Stevie Browning next week to talk about the TBT. We have sports this weekend, guys. I'm so excited. Uh, and finally. anybody out there, and if anybody out there tries to cancel my sports this weekend, well, then we got to find him and execute. <laughs> and I mean that. We're playing that to death. And I don't <laughs> care. Good night, everyone. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. Happy Canada Day. And of course, in a few days, America, baby. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Ho! Thanks for listening to this broadcast on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wide men can't jump for more exclusive content only available to our Patreon members. You can find this program and others like it on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Just search Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks to our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, located at facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, and Stay Classy Meets, where you can check them out at stayclassymeets.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Follow us on Twitter, at WideJump, and be sure to keep up with all the content that's being posted there. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Wide Men Radio Network.